0: Welcome back into another episode of The Owen Show. I am Owen Burke, joined as always by Tim Hunt. Bing bong, and welcome to week 10 of NFL football.
1: Bing bong, for sure. That's all I gotta say. Um, You guys already know, we have a big announcement, but you guys will already know the big announcement by the time you probably click on this episode. Two hours long now.
0: We are here to stay. Got an extra. I was gonna say half an hour, but really it's kind of more like fifteen minutes because we always 20 go twenty minutes.
1: Yeah, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we we typically don't hit the original time mark of ninety minutes ever. So yeah, uh, a little extra time so we can sneak in some more NBA stuff um, around New Year's. Look for maybe a a big up and comer. So
0: yeah, it's true. We there's there's a lot of talks. We're actively we're actively engaged in conversations about trying to make the show better and bigger. So. Two hours now, and we'll see what the future holds.
1: Absolutely. So, Let's jump in.
0: Fan questions this week. Well, we did have two. We're going to answer one this week. We're going to answer the second one next week, as much as Tim may not want to. Uh, one of The first question that we'll answer next week, we'll come back to it. Somebody who's curious what we thought, Carlos Correa was on a podcast today and said that Derek Teeter did not – Earn or deserve?
1: I mean, let's just. Talk I don't remember about about the if, exact. If if you're gonna if you're gonna bring it up, let's just. Talk I want to pull it.
0: the statistics. Is why I want to wait till next week. All right, fine. Because I've seen week. I've seen some stats where I'm like, oh, maybe. this Okay. Has some type Le- of. I mean,
1: my opinion on it is is I mean, you can pull the statistics now if you want. Like, I don't care. It's gonna take me a minute. I gotta okay. pull this all together. The statistics don't even matter. Like at the end of the day, they don't. I know, like in like baseball has become like fucking accounting of the sporting <laughs> world. Like that's true. It's like all these fucking nerds that are Forge, all they're like all the really, yeah. oh his his off bat velocity this year is up 3 <laughs> miles an hour and you're like what the fuck happened to baseball like i mean i i am romantically in love with baseball i grew up my grandfather watched every mets game growing up maybe he watched every yankee game i don't really remember he didn't. I mean, either way.
0: Watching 182 games of any team yeah.
1: is impressive. He watched baseball every single day. So I do have a love for the sport of baseball. Uh, I played baseball growing up a little bit. Um, I, lo- I love baseball. I hate what it's become. I really do. The reason that Giannis Antetokounmpo won NBA finals, or. Er, MVP, not finals MVP, was because he was the best storyline. The media decided. Yes. And the reason Derek Jeter won Golden Gloves every year is because he would make some snag, do a spin, throw it to first base. And back then, people watched SportsCenter. So it was on Sports Center Top 10. It's true. And so that once a month, he would be on there, and he'd be like, wow, that guy makes some amazing plays. And I'm sure, yeah, I, maybe he was average. But at the end of the day, the storyline was there he was impressive he was making highlight reels like it's so easy to go back and look and be well analytically he should have gotten to you know 13% more of his ground balls and all of these things and it's like that's not what baseball used to be about baseball used to be fun like i know like the steroids era like didn't do it any favors but it was just like baseball used to be fun and now it's about shifts and taking pictures out and I don't care. I'm not even that old, but I feel like I sound like an old man whenever
0: I ran about you baseball. You sound like a boomer of baseball. Yeah. Really. But it's ruined. Baseball is no fun. The exact quote from Correa was Derek Jeter didn't deserve any of the golden gloves he won. Yeah. I mean, which you could make an argument for it. I've seen a couple like I said, like Shay sent this to me and we I have a we have a buddy that's an Astros fan that wanted us to talk about it. And it's, I've seen the stats. I've seen TikToks and YouTube videos of like people pulling 15 stats. And of course, there's a couple advanced statistics of like his defensive win. Like, I don't know the exact stats, obviously. I'm not a huge baseball guy. But like, where they talk about it and they're like, when you look at his defensive rating or, you know, whatever the stats called, like he was middle of the road this year when he won the Golden Glove. And they're like, he is wildly overrated. And like, you could say all these things, but. Here we are. He's the best player on the best team, or he's the captain of the best team. He is the captain. There's no debating that. Derek Jeter had all the charisma in the world and knew how. When the spotlight was on, Derek Jeter knew how to handle it, and he handled it better than most Yankees ever do. So and, and
1: you forgot you made the other point that I left out of that. Not only was he on Sports Center and did all this stuff, he played for the best team in baseball. The the Yankees have the biggest fan base in all of baseball. Yeah. So of course he's gonna get all these awards. Of course he's gonna get all this attention. Yeah. It's like he it's I I mean there's no like the NFL's the fan bases are kind of somewhat spread out, but in the NBA it's like The Lakers or, you know, the Knicks or the Celtics playing for one of those big traditional teams that have a large fan base. Like, (laughs) I mean, playing for the Yankees is playing for the Yankees. Like, I mean, yeah, it's easy to sit here and be like, well, statistically, you know, he doesn't really, you know, the advanced stats show that it doesn't matter. (laughs) And you're like, yeah, it fucking didn't because it was interesting back then. Yeah, Want to know why the World Series is horrible? Because fucking pitchers, we got every pitcher thrown two innings. Like, it's not
0: fun anymore. the bullpen stuff, yeah.
1: Oh, it's so, it's terrible. I hate it. That
0: bullpen-led stuff, man. Speaking of baseball, before we get to our next fan question, since we're talking about baseball, I have this question. I don't mean to drop this on you without prefacing it at all first. How do you feel about Noah Syndergaard signing with the Angels for one year, twenty one. Oh, so let's.
1: You want to dive into this? If we're just already. I'm just curious about
0: this what fight. your thought. Obviously, big Mets guy. So it's like I wonder what Tim thinks. A
1: lot of the Mets Twitter, which you know, I'm big in Mets Twitter. Oh yeah, yeah. Big, um, big
0: Mets Twitter guy.
1: Yeah, big Mets Twitter guy. A lot of the fans are like all pissed off that you know that we wouldn't give them. You know, like I think we offered him a two year, nineteen million dollar deal. So he Ooh. went. He went and took like two million dollars more
0: or whatever. But, For, I think it was a one year deal in LA yeah. too.
1: Oh no, yeah, one. They were both one year deals. We are offering nineteen. They offered they 21. offer twenty one. Yeah, um, sorry, and like all like all of the twitters are mad because I don't know if you know the Mets owner uh, is huge on Twitter. Like he just tweets shit. All you, the time. I remember
0: you telling me about it. Yeah, he,
1: it's so amazing. Honestly, I love the guy. Like best move, best. I love him. Best owner in sports, in my opinion, because like if know? he will just tweet whatever the fuck comes to his mind. <laughs> yeah. um, He's like Donald Trump, but like not political, but just like just tweets whatever the fuck he wants. Gotcha. And he was like, We didn't think he was worth more than 19 million. Wow. And he got 21 million somewhere else. So good luck. And I was like, Yeah, wow. like, thank God. Like, so like he's going to go out and spend a lot of money and try to make this team better, but he's not going to do it in a reckless way.
0: Yeah. Like, Cinderborn obviously is an upgrade and he's an ace. But like, if you can't put players hurt, around the ace,
1: he's hurt all the time. Like, And pitching wasn't our issue last year. It was all about the bats. It was all about runs and everything like that. Like, we just couldn't get it going there. I mean, Syndergaard will be missed. We did okay without him. Um, We've got a lot of other big names that we need to be worried about. You know, are we going to bring back Javi, which I hope we do.
0: I really do. You just traded for him, so hopefully so. Yeah,
1: hopefully we keep Javi. I mean, hopefully we can go out there and, you know, maybe get a Chris Bryant or, you know what I mean, somebody make another big splash. Yeah. But... No, I don't mind it. I mean, if you're the Dodgers, I mean, he is the perfect guy for modern baseball, though. He's going to go out there and he's going to throw a fastball 101, 99 pretty consistently. So if you need a guy that's going to be great for. I think he two or went to the innings, Angels,
0: if I remember right. Did I say L.A. earlier? Yeah, you
1: said L.A., but I might...
0: I I think he went to the Angels, yeah. He went to the Angels because I remember somebody texted me and was like, about time that Trout and Otani got some help Oh, yes, that's
1: right. Yeah, he did go to the Angels. You're right, yeah, because everyone's like, they got flamethrowers at the top of the rotation. I'm like, well, yeah, Syndergaard is going to miss fucking a third of your season, so I hope you're not super dependent on him being a big rotation guy. Yeah. Well, when he does play, he's great. He's a great pitcher. He'll be missed, but...
0: Sound like it didn't hurt your heart at all to see him go. No, I didn't know no. if he was a fan favorite at all or not.
1: I but. mean, I, everyone always, like, he he's, feels like Matt Harvey, right? Like he's Matt one of the best
0: Harvey. nicknames. I guess both of them had a really cool nickname. Yeah.
1: At the time. When Matt Harvey left, I was like, oh, man, big disappointment. I mean, I think he went to Toronto, and he did
0: absolutely nothing. No, he, that 2015 World Series killed his career, I yep. think, pretty, pretty
1: easily. So, I mean, maybe Noah Syndergaard will go on and have great success, but, I mean... My guy stuck to his number and was like, "I'm not backing down. I'm not being reckless. Like, I'm like, I'm all for it.
0: I can respect that from a from a manager standpoint. He
1: he put a value on a player and wasn't willing to go as above long his as you go
0: spend that 19 or 21 million dollars smart elsewhere. I don't think you can really if
1: Javi Bias walks out the door now, I'm pissed. Like, I'm Fair really enough. pissed, and we got to make a couple big splashes if we want to be a
0: legit team. Fair enough. The second fan question we have uh, is college football. Um, somebody asked, do we think the... So obviously the rankings came out tonight, again, um, as of Tuesday. Um, do we think this top four will stay the same going forward into January? Do we think it'll change? How much is it going to change all those points along the way?
1: So there's a couple of things that I think potentially could shake this up. Um, number one is Georgia beating Alabama in the SEC championship game.
0: Wh- whoever wins, like... There's no current scenario where those teams finish one and two. It doesn't happen. It's not possible. One of those teams will be at the four spot or out come January because right. one of those teams is going to lose that SEC title so, game.
1: So if Bama wins, I think they both still make it, but I think if Georgia wins, I don't think Bama makes it.
0: Yeah, and I think Georgia even if if Georgia loses they're still at four. So like while they're still right. in, obviously the the they're numbers one, change. Right. Yeah.
1: I don't I think Oregon's going to have a hard time sticking around here so if there would any team that would slip i i think out of this top four oregon is the worst team out of these four i would agree um ohio state hasn't been very consistent but oregon i think is less talented than ohio state so i honestly i see uh cincinnati sneaking in uh potentially if oregon loses another game if that sec championship goes the way we think it does and also like everyone thinks like Ohio State's got the Big 10 on lock like they're going to play Michigan or Michigan State. Oh, like, there's
0: two Big 10 teams at 6 and 7. Right. Sitting, you know. So is this John Harbaugh's first college football playoff berth? That's the big question.
1: I don't I mean, I don't know. I the fact that they lost to Michigan State I, it hurts him a lot. It's rough, yeah, it's definitely But tough. they also like I don't I can't remember now if if uh, is Michigan and Michigan State, are they in the same conference as Ohio State, or is there a different side?
0: I think it's all one from what I know, but I'm not anywhere near an expert. Michigan State obviously plays Ohio State this week, um, and then they play Penn State afterwards. Oh, they
1: are. So that's lame. So they won't even play each other in the Big Ten Championship.
0: Which, Michi- they? the bottom line is that Ohio State, Michigan State, and Michigan – they all have to play each other outside right. of Michigan and Michigan State have already played, obviously. Um, but I think when I look at Michigan versus Michigan State, like I think Michigan has a more quality loss. Michigan State, that's, that's why. set by Purdue.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's, that's why Michigan's above that. But
0: also, if either of those teams or both of those teams beat Ohio State, obviously that's the jump that you're looking for.
1: To get back to the base of the question – Am I betting on this being the four that makes the playoff? No, I am not. Definitely not. I don't I don't think Oregon sticks it out. I think Oregon, Oregon's gonna lose another game. They just don't feel like a team. And in that case, we might see Cincinnati make it as your Cinderella team and they're gonna get womped by whoever they play in the first round. So everyone will be happy. Yeah.
0: Which I think Oregon plays Utah and then Oregon State. Is there a Pac twelve title game? Or yes. do they do a title game? Yeah. I couldn't remember. Yeah, they
1: do. Yeah.
0: Which, I don't know. I'm not betting. I know that the SEC title game has to happen. So one of those two teams is going to slide to four or out. And then Ohio State, as good as they are, and being at four as they are, they have the six and seven teams still on their schedule. That's true. So, like, they have a – or not both of them. They have – they just have Michigan left. Okay. Um. Oh no! Just kidding. Yep, they definitely play both. So they okay. just beat Purdue. They played Michigan State and then Michigan back to back weeks.
1: Oh, that's tough. That's so that's a
0: tough schedule to try to, to overcome for them as well. So there's if, definitely a lot of shakeup that's going to happen from one to seven.
1: If they lose that game, if they let's say they lose to Michigan, I think Cincinnati slides in. If Oregon loses another game, then I think it would be. And this is assuming Bama beats Georgia would be your your top would be alabama one it would be michigan two cincinnati three and then georgia four
0: yeah i think ohio state obviously any of the three one loss teams are done i mean, at this point in the year unless you are georgia if you lose a game you're done for the season I don't think there's anyone. way you are saying Oh, you're
1: back. saying for the other one-loss team. For any
0: for any team, to me, in the top ten even, I'll, I'll bring it all the way down to Wake Forest. If you lose another game... Yeah, it's over. If if Cincinnati loses a game, even at 10-0, I know that they haven't lost a game. Oh, yeah, they're not. They're the committee, not if you lose a game, Cincinnati's done.
1: Yeah, no, without question.
0: And Georgia, I feel like... I wouldn't say that they're done, but the only loss they can really afford is Alabama because they're going to sign them to four. Yeah. Like they always do to Alabama... So the
1: only well the, you see you can't count that out is if Georgia loses and then beats Bama in the title game, I think it's tough to not put To not put him in. Not put him in. Which
0: Bama then probably slides out even. Slides if out one, with,
1: with two, right. With two losses, yeah. There's
0: I, I think this is going to be one of the more interesting races we've had up to the sure. final four. And this and this year, it to me is the pinnacle year of why there has to be more than four teams that make the playoffs. I don't understand. For for an organization for college football, for as much as they love making extra money and they love making all this money, why they don't expand the playoffs? It makes zero sense to me.
1: They'll they'll expand it. I think I, I, I mean, I think you eventually have to go to Even
0: a six team. Six
1: to eight somewhere in there. I think
0: eight team I think the bigger the better. But I think a six team Would be interesting because you have your one and the two seeds get a buy, right? And then you have you know your three and the four and the five and the six. I think
1: ultimately they land on a number that teams get a buy. So I think if you go to 10, you could give your first two seeds a buy. No, wait, 12. I think it is. Yeah, I think I think you see like a 12. So I think you get your first two seeds get a buy through that and then it goes from eight into the second round and then so on yeah so I think I mean it's how you're gonna have value to be a one or a two seed in the country right like yeah um, so that way every game will still matter um, but yeah they'll eventually expand it it's only a matter of time.
0: I feel like I've been saying it's a matter of time for the last two to three years now. That's I
1: mean, the finish. fact that we got the college football playoffs, it took forever to get. So, I don't true. know why everyone thinks it's going to change overnight. Like That is very true. I'll give
0: you that. Because we're sports is a, fans. It's All a right.
1: glacier. It's like the NFL will just switch something up in a year. They're like...
0: If you walk three feet towards the sideline, I'm throwing a flag. Well, oh, well they're That's like, a this year change.
1: Oh, COVID happened? We'll, we'll give another playoff team. You're yeah. like, what? Hey, hang on. That
0: is, yeah. You just want more playoff money. Uh, maybe, yeah. <clears throat> like, that's, again, I don't understand why college football just doesn't do it. Yeah. It's, it's a simple move. There's no downside here. So. All right. Let's jump into the
1: game recaps here. Bring it on. First games we've got, Raiders versus Chiefs.
0: Oh Chiefs fans rejoice! Yeah, uh, it feels good to be back in the driver's seat. Obviously, um, as far as the Chiefs go, people are like, the Chiefs are back. They're fine. Colin Coward was like, the adults are back in the AFC. Everything's fine. The, the parents are home. As yeah, they the said. party's over. All right, yeah. the Chiefs are here. They've got three straight wins. Listen, listen. The Chiefs are not back. Let's not overreact here. It's a great game. I'm glad to see the Chiefs that we've been, you know, we've come to get used to the last two years. They beat the Giants by three. They beat the Aaron Rodgers Packers by six. That's true. And yes, I get it. The, the The Raiders win was a statement win. It felt good. It was a good like that was one of the games where like. I wouldn't say it's like a must win. As close as the division is and everything, it was a must win morale wise to me. Like yeah. it was one of those games where like if you lose to the Raiders, that breaks that team's back.
1: I'll say I'll say a couple things on this. This is the best the Chiefs have played all year,
0: undoubtedly. So no the, question. The defense played
1: good. Patrick Mahomes played good. I, it was a lot of things that I'd like to see. And it puts them back into a spot where they can win this division very They're, easily.
0: Six and four is the first in their division right now.
1: Yeah, so I I think overall I'm not like all in and ready to be like yep Super Bowl bound again like put them in the Super Bowl, but I think it's a definitely a good step in the right direction. step in the right
0: direction. Hundred percent. I need like for me to say the Chiefs are back. I needed to see this the last two weeks with the the things that happened. Against these last two teams, all three of these games should have relatively the same box score. And they could, the Raiders were the best team out of these three that they played, and I get that that looks good, but you can't slip a six point win over Jordan Love's first start and a game winning drive against Daniel Jones of the Giants.
1: I I mean, here's the thing: they went
0: they won the games they were supposed to win, so True.
1: Um, not by the margins they should have won, but, but they still won them, right? Yeah. So yeah. so they they walk away happy there. And who knows? They could get hot the last five weeks of the season. Or it's only week 10. Who am I kidding? Um, last seven weeks of the season, and they're in a great spot going into the playoffs. So I'm not ready to buy all of their stock, but I do think this was a good win. The for thing sure. is,
0: that they have seven games left, and four of them are division games. Yeah. They play Denver twice, and they play the Raiders again, and they play the Chargers again. Uh, outside of that, they have the Cowboys, the Steelers, and the Bengals. They play yeah. the Cowboys this week. We'll
1: talk about the Cowboys game yeah. later. but We're,
0: we're going to get there. Obviously, that's probably going to be a preview game we have as well. But I'm looking at the schedule ahead at this point. It was a good – this is the starting point to yes. me. Yes. Now, this
1: this is where their hot streak could start, and this could be this could be the Cincinnati game of that season, right? One hundred percent. Yeah. So, I mean, for those of you who don't get that reference, Bill Belichick, everyone was calling Brady's career. That was when Kansas City beat up on him. We're it's on over. Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati, right? Like that was the game that kind of flipped the switch. Patriots went on to win the Super Bowl that year. Mm-hmm. This could be that game for the Chiefs. Definitely like, don't, could be. It could be. I am not saying it is, but don't don't yeah. count it out necessarily. Could
0: be, but it's not one hundred percent guarantee. Browns versus Patriots. Obviously a game we had to talk about. We have to talk about this game. Um, so the, I think the the funniest interaction I saw on Twitter from this was, remember last week, the Browns looked really good. Um, first game without Odell, they went out, beat the Bengals 41-16. Somebody tweeted the, I'm trying to remember exactly how to word it, the, like, the Baker Mayfield sucks crowd is real quiet right now. And All somebody right. quote retweeted it and was like, give it a week. It was uh, here we
1: are. <laughs> it was Tony Diggs from the Pat McAfee show that yeah. tweeted that. That was like give it. It was to uh, Matt or Dan Orlowski. Dan Orlovsky tweeted, and he was like, "Oh, they're really quiet." And he was like, "Give to- it a week." Tony Diggs was like, "Yeah, give it a week." And then sure, one enough, week later, one week later, he was pretty right.
0: Patriots win forty-five to seven. Definitely, probably this. As much as the Cowboys may have destroyed the Falcons and the Chiefs may have looked good, this was the statement game of the week to me. It was. I mean, first first
1: thing, we say this every time, but it's my favorite thing to say, so we'll say it again. Bill Belichick like wakes up and eats rookie quarterback contracts. Like He goes, you're still on your rookie deal? Okay, I own you. Oh, you're
0: under 26? Yeah. There's been one guy in recent history that I can remember beating a Bill Belichick-led team, and it was Lamar Jackson. Last year, I believe. He's
1: always struggled against guys who run. So I think Bill Belichick's record against Cam Newton was like 0-2 whenever he played Cam Newton. He doesn't like guys that move as much as him. But, yeah, young quarterbacks just... Young
0: quarterbacks outside of Lamar Jackson destroyed.
1: Yeah, destroyed. Beaten alive. So, I mean, I'm not surprised that we won this game. The fact that it was such a beating, though... A
0: lopsided game was the surprise. It was like... Two weeks ago, and even last week, after the Browns looked so good against the Bengals, they're like, uh, the Patriots are going to get destroyed. But then, as I feel like day by day, they're like, I don't know, man. The Patriots really have a shot to win this game. Yeah. And then halfway through the game, they're like, holy cow, please pull Mac Jones off the
1: field. <laughs> so, I have a couple of things that I want to talk about when it comes to this game. One, this is the problem with Baker Mayfield. is One week you get amazing, and then the next week you get just bland white like white rice, like it's just boring. Overcooked white rice. Yeah, that. it was just, it was awful. So I, if Baker wants big time quarterback money, like you can't be this flat. You can't be great one week and be flat. Like
0: 11 for 21 for 73 yards, a touchdown and a pick.
1: Yeah, you've got to be more middle of the road, right? You have to be able to perform on like your highs and lows can't be so drastically different. Yeah, it's Jameis Winston without the excitement of Jameis Winston. Right, like Jameis Winston will have a game where he throws four touchdowns, but the next game he'll throw four interceptions. Baker Mayfield just has games where he's 19 for 21 and goes for 300 yards and two touchdowns, and everyone gets really excited. And then the next week he has numbers like he had against the Patriots.
0: The highest aren't the highs and the lowest aren't his lows, but it's still an issue at the end. And you can't blame this on the run game. They had, I mean, Darnish Johnson had 19 carries for 99 yards, averaged five and a half a carry. Right. So the run game's there. The defense, obviously, you can't it's hard to outscore 45, but the end of the first quarter it was 7 7. Yeah. And you didn't score a single point the rest of the game.
1: The next thing I'll say about the Browns defense, I think this has probably been the most disappointing defense this year. It's
0: up there with Washington. I was like, I'd probably put it second behind Washington, but it's definitely up there. Yeah, you
1: you looked at this defense on paper and you're like, wow, this defense is gonna be stout and be a problem. And they just have games like this where, you know, I the Patriots offense is good. But it's not amazing. Um, I mean, Patriots do have a top ten defense, top ten offense this year, uh, which is surprising that it's a top ten offense. But um, nonetheless, yeah, that that was it been a disappointment so far this season. Um, and then, far as positives go, for all the Mac Jones haters right now, the one thing I will say is everyone keeps talking about. Well, his ceiling's really low. His ceiling's awful. This, you know, this is if if. You went back in time. This is Tom Brady. Like, he is playing better than young Tom Brady was playing. The
0: only thing that messes this up, if he gets greedy come contract extension time. It's the only thing that really throws a a nail in this.
1: And he's going to have five years where Belichick's going to have a really good defense around him. They're going to be able to put weapons around him. They're going to be able to do a lot of things that are going to help him succeed. And long as he doesn't get too greedy in contract time. And, like... It became about Brady once Brady hit his prime, right? So, like, after his rookie contract, you know, maybe we'll have big wide receiver names and stuff like that, and then maybe he'll start slinging the rock. But, I mean, this is I, – I like where we're at right now as a team. I really, I really really do. Um, we'll talk more about their ceiling later, I think, hot and cold. But, uh, yeah, game. I think this – like, you want to talk about a statement game? This was definitely a statement yeah. game for both the Patriots and the Browns. Um, just all over the map.
0: So. 100%. all over the place. Next game we
1: got is Seahawks versus Packers.
0: Another game that was surprising, obviously for different reasons. Um, 17-0, right, in score? Um, Yes, yep, 17-0.
1: First time the Seahawks have been shut out with Russell Wilson as their starting quarterback.
0: Obviously probably shouldn't have run Russell Wilson out so early, I guess. I get that this would have been a crucial game for you to make the playoffs, but at the same time, I don't know. It's a very weird spot for them to be in. So I, I think I don't blame the
1: Seahawks for pushing Russell Wilson out there because going into this week, you win this game, and you're not crazy far out of a wild card spot. Yeah, right? you're
0: 4-6 or you're 4-5, which isn't terrible. Yeah. Um it's you're
1: within a couple games of a wild card slot. You've got a shot. I think now after you lose this game, you're in a completely like the season's pretty much over at this point.
0: 3 and 6 is definitely a lot worse than 4 and 5 halfway through. 7 games left for them. Um they have the Cardinals next week. They still have to play the Niners at one point. Uh, and the Rams, and then the Cardinals again to end the yeah. year. So, definitely not a tough schedule, or not an easy schedule going forward. They do have the Lions and the Texans mixed in there, but the football team capable of surprises. And then the Bears, who, as as bad as they've been, and as the losing streak that they're on, is still a team that I think could sleep you if you're not ready for them.
1: And the one thing I will say about like Aaron Rodgers didn't play great but for him not being able to be in the facility all week and prepping over zoom and doing his private yoga sessions and all that stuff <laughs> all that things he, was that doing, he does yeah 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 um i'm sure burning some incense and you know hitting the gong a couple times uh he, he played good enough you know and sometimes that's all you need is just good enough. 17 points wins this game aj dylan you know i everyone criticized why are you picking a running back I mean, apparently, like a game like this, you don't feel too bad about that pick. Is that still a great pick? I don't think so, but he played... What did they a- drafted him
0: at? Hmm? Was it the second round they got him? He
1: Yeah, it was the second round. So they went Jordan Love first round, A.J. Dillon second round that year.
0: Yeah, it's a very weird draft that year for them, but Aaron Jones is banged up. A.J. Dillon fills the role. Right, so, I mean, it,
1: it works. So gets you a win here, keeps you in contention for that number one seed So, that's what you like to see there. Agreed. Next game, I'm going to let you talk about most of this game, but Ravens versus
0: Dolphins. I don't want to talk about this game. Well, I'm going to make you. So, I worked. I didn't get a chance to watch this full game. But, obviously, being involved on Ravens Twitter as much as I am, just scrolling through afterwards, felt like another primetime game that Greg Roman just didn't want to call for. Now, granted... Obviously I can't pin it all on the coordinators. The players have the end result. But I can't I saw multiple tweets where and and I'm not I'm talking obviously like the the 50, I had the occasional fifteen year old tweet that, you know, was talking about the game. But I have multiple verified accounts, guys that work for Barstool around Baltimore and like reliable, like almost reporter type accounts that are like The guys are executing the game plan to perfection, but the game plan is putting them nowhere near where they need to be to win this game. I saw multiple, like, are the Ravens going to run anything but a bubble screen or an RPO against the Dolphins? This was the game that I had on the schedule. Remember last week I talked about it, and I was like, we play the Dolphins on Thursday night. We're fine. Like, It was a tough win against the Vikings, but the last time we played the Dolphins, Lamar Jackson threw for five touchdowns. So this is the game where I was like, open up the playbook. The Dolphins are terrible. Just hucking on them the whole game. Right. Xavier Howard or not, I don't care. Like This is the game where I wanted to tune the offense out, and I was like, let's see what we can do. And this is the most conservative play call I think I've seen all year from any team, which I think, is frustrating.
1: I think the, the big thing for me um, that you're going to see is, I mean, one, the turnovers in this game. Uh, no interceptions for Lamar Jackson, which is good. One he fumble. Oh, he threw one? He threw one pick, yeah. Okay, just kidding. He threw one one pick. But So two turnovers. Um, the crazy part is, is you didn't throw the ball as well as Miami did, which is wild, figuring they had two QBs play throughout the game. Yep. But you outran the living crap out of them, and yet you had Lamar Jackson throw the ball for 43 times. It makes absolute no sense to me. I know they're doing the running back by committee thing, but... I mean, Devontae Freeman only ten carries. Le'Veon Bell had three carries. Who got waived today? He got cut today. Um, I, I just uh, you gotta you gotta if I don't understand why people get so committed to the game plan of like, oh, we're gonna throw it on him. If you're running the ball well, run the ball.
0: Like I said, I this is this is another Greg Roman loss. I've I've said this for a while, and everyone's like, well, he's the whole mastermind behind the run offense, and I'm like, fine. If we are playing Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night, or against the Chiefs, John Harbaugh's calling plays. Mm-hmm. I don't want Greg Roman anywhere near the headset because I don't know what it is. The lights are on, and this guy shits... like The fact that we won the Chiefs game this year, I was shocked. I was like, oh, my God. Like The fact that we were in contention, I was shocked because it's never about how our roster does. It's just... Oh, we're down three nuts into the Chiefs. Lamar's throwing the ball fifty-five times. I'm like, what are we doing? Right. Just run! Like they're like, you can't run the ball when you're down two touchdowns. We're like, well, when I'm getting seven yards of carry, I can run the fucking ball down two touchdowns. Right. So it's it's extremely frustrating to watch it happen because everyone just points at Lamar and they're like, you didn't, you lost to the Dolphins, you're bad. And I'm like, if we ran, it like, it's the play calling.
1: It is. I mean, if you ask, we hooping, you oh guys didn't God. lose the game, so i sorry, we, uh, I had to sneak him in there.
0: No, 100%. He's off his rocker, dude. He's my favorite. Um, <laughs> I hate him. He makes me hate my own team sometimes.
1: As far as the Dolphins go, it, it's weird to me that Jacoby Brissett started this game and Tua came in as a backup. It makes...
0: Which Jacoby went down. Right, he and that's hurt, why Tua yeah. came
1: in. Right, right. But... It makes no sense to me. Um, why he's not starting? Why, if he's healthy enough to be the backup and come in and play, why he's just not starting?
0: I think he was he was questionable with a thumb injury, so they went with... Yeah. I agree with you. Like, but, if but he's not healthy enough to start, start. is he healthy enough to be the backup? Right, exactly.
1: So that makes zero to no
0: sense Do to me. Do they have a third quarterback on the roster? That's the question. I mean, they do not currently. Oh, they don't. That's probably why. Literally, uh, they have Tua Tagovailoa is questionable. Jacoby Brissett is questionable. They don't have anyone on the practice squad. They don't have anybody on their active roster as far as the practice squad goes. That's a better question, but
1: yeah, it doesn't doesn't make any any sense to me at all. Um,
0: you would think that they'd call somebody up at least to be like, "Well, Jacoby, have a body, yeah, right? like Tua is questionable. You know, Jacoby's starting. Maybe we should have a third guy ready."
1: Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Something's weird is going on there. I don't know if the Dolphins are planning on blowing it up this year or next year or what what they're going to do. But in my mind, Tua's got to be playing.
0: You have to figure it out now.
1: If he's healthy enough to be a backup, he's got to be out there playing. I understand he you know, he didn't have feeling in his thumb and he probably wouldn't have played that great, but he's, he's got to get out there or you've got to have somebody else on the roster and he can't come in a situation like that. I mean, it got him the win. Don't get me wrong, right? But Yeah, I was like,
0: it's hard to say that when they won the freaking game. They
1: won the game, but it doesn't feel like – I mean,
0: it helps when you get – That is the Dolphins practice. I don't even know who that dude is. Well, he's six, seven. So, um, I mean, all I know is the last 6-7 quarterback I knew of was Brock Osweiler, and he was pretty dang good. Good. At the, least in the backup role he was.
1: <laughs> so you got a defensive touchdown in there. Um, I don't know. It was just a weird game. I'm not reading too much into Miami on that side of things. Obviously not. There's
0: not much to read at 3-7 and seven at this no, point.
1: And they have no idea what they're doing at quarterback. So, yeah. next game is Rams and 49ers.
0: Yeah, I had somebody talk to him, Sam today was talking to me, and he's like, is it weird how the Rams and the Chiefs have just reversed roles all of a sudden? At least for this week. Like now, Now, obviously the Rams struggled last week, but now the Rams losing a game that they shouldn't lose, uh, and the Chiefs absolutely just destroying teams. Their offense is humming and, and running on all cylinders. The one thing
1: I will say is I do feel like Robert Woods going down is a bigger deal than people are getting it. Credit for, I agree. Um, so I think not having him in this game might have messed up
0: the rhythm that he's used to. And I think, and people are like the thing that I hate is like I I don't can't tell you how many stories I've read. It just looked at headlines, and it's like, can the Rams and Odell figure out their offensive woes? And I'm like. Why is Odell the name in this headline? He's been there for six days. Right. I, I was and surprised. And they struggled last week when he wasn't even on the team yet.
1: I, I was surprised that they honestly even had him in for this. Um, I mean, again, I don't understand why you're not running
0: the ball more. I, I, I just. He played 15 snaps total and agreed. Yeah. They averaged 5.2 yards a game, at, right. you know, a carry as a team, and they only ran the ball 10 times. I mean, watching this game, I
1: think it shows the holes that the defense has more than the offense. Because I think the offense is going to have woes, right? I, I I'm not going to read too much into one bad game, right? Yeah. Like, um, I know. I mean. They've. What was the other game they lost here that I'm forgetting? That was a weird one.
0: Uh, well, they lost last week to the Titans, which was a tough loss. Right. So the Titans and the Cardinals. The Cardinals. I'm gonna, I'm gonna
1: excuse those losses, but like you can't lose a game to the 49ers. It's a weird one, but it, it's not the end of the world to me. That's that's how I feel about it.
0: Um, my, I think the funniest meme I saw out of this game was like it shows like the pictures of all the guys like Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup. Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Odell. Like, this just shows, like, all the star power. And they're mm-hmm. like, all of this to beat this. And it's just Jimmy Garoppolo, like, holding his arms out. Right, with Elijah Mitchell and <laughs> yeah. Devo Samuel. Yeah, with Elijah Mitchell and their other three running backs that they run <laughs> that all seem to get carries and get yards.
1: This is, this is one of those games, too, I will say that, like, whenever people hate on Kyle Shanahan as a coach, you're like, they ran the ball 44 times
0: in a game and it worked to perfection.
1: How many times have you ever seen a team run the ball that many times? Yeah, this
0: is – and I guarantee you that if Baltimore runs the ball 44 times on Thursday Night Football, this score looks pretty much the same with Baltimore being San Francisco. And
1: you look at who got the – like Elijah Mitchell got 27 carries, Debo Samuel got five carries, and Jeff Wilson Jr. got 10 carries. You look at that and you'd be like – that's what. What is that? What is that? Like, what is going on? You got a wide receiver getting five carries in a game.
0: Yeah, and he scored. And yeah, it just it was working. And Debo Samuel ate the Rams alive.
1: Kyle Shanahan was like, "I'm going to get the ball to my playmakers, and I'm just going to make it work." And he didn't ask too much of Jimmy Garoppolo. So Jimmy Garoppolo was like, "I'm in my comfort zone. I've got George Kittle back, so he's got a little bit of a safety net back." It just it worked for the 49ers this game. It did.
0: It's one of those things where like it's just it works. Mm-hmm. It's crazy what happens when you take a marginal quarterback and you don't ask him to carry your team to victory.
1: Right? It, yeah, they just fifteen win.
0: for 19, 179 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, I'm not asking for anything special. We're gonna run the damn ball, and it's gonna work. Debo Samuel ate him alive. Elijah Mitchell did good on the ground. Like it just, it was it
1: was just one of those. It was games Debo Samuel's was game, hundred percent.
0: He was the star of the night on Monday night, hundred yeah. percent
1: for sure. Um, jumping into the headlines we're going to talk about, um, OBJ to the Rams. We didn't get to talk about it last week. Obviously we talked, just touched on it a little bit there. Yeah.
0: We obviously hadn't signed when we recorded originally, which he signed, I think like a couple hours before the show came out three or four hours. Uh, we said the Rams weren't as great of a fit, obviously having Cooper cup there and Robert Woods. Now Robert Woods is down. I still don't know about the the thing with Odell is, and I've thought about this more and more. And I saw a reporter that it was when – I meant to mention this last week and I forgot to – about Odell being cut and everything. And they were like, the Browns run of the rhythm and timing offense. They're a run-first offense. And when you run the ball first, it's, there's a lot of – it's a lot of checkdowns and make the play, which Odell should exceed in. Right. Should really excel. Like, excel, succeed. Mm-hmm. Like, he should get the ball and make plays. He's a run-after-the-catch guy. The issue is, is if you're not going to be five yards deep, three seconds into the play when baker mayfield's done the two-step drop and looking for you you're not going to get the ball right so when you run a rhythm and timing offense there's not a lot of like he's a guy that would succeed a lot in baltimore where the play breaks down the mars out of the pocket that's where odell's going to succeed a lot at yeah
1: improvising. Tom brady's
0: offense there's no place for odell beckham jr in tampa bay ever i disagree with you but i think so yeah tom brady loves those kind of guys though I feel like he's his his getting now obviously you know him much better than I do as a fan standpoint. I feel like he's a guy where like his safety net is the guy that's going to be where he needs him when he needs him exactly at the time that he needs him to be there. Right? So
1: Odell but you're you're 100% right, but Odell wouldn't be a guy that you would want to be the number one option for Tom Brady. Fair enough. But okay. as a two or a three, like he's going to go to Gronk. He's going to go to Edelman, I mean, Edelman the Welkers, Welkers yeah. the Amendolas. Mike Evans has kind of slowly become that guy of just a consistent guy who's going to be open. OBJ is, is great because he's going to work great with bubble screens. You can run jet sweeps with him. You can do a lot of things. He do what a great Debo Samuel athlete. did
0: last night,
1: right? And you can take the top off the defense with a guy like OBJ. Yeah, OBJ running a post is dangerous. Like he is a he, he is. I feel like his speed has become underrated as he's gotten a little bit older. I mean, he is one of the most athletic wide receivers that's out there.
0: I can't. I just. I feel like yeah. I haven't seen him run the route that much. Right. That was the biggest thing, and uh, the Cleveland thing. The play calling still. Like, I can't say it's, like, the issue, but, right. like, it's always puzzled me to have a guy with an arm like Baker Mayfield and to have the deep threat like Odell and to see him not even run the routes, let alone be throwing the ball on those routes, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, you've got you've to gotta scheme Odell in a certain way. There's no yeah. – he's not a – like, he's not going to come in everywhere and just fit right away. He's mm-hmm. not one of those wide receivers, but – I, I think his upside is still there. I think him being the number two option with the Rams makes a heck of a lot more sense for the Rams and for him of yeah. why he'd want to come. With
0: him signing on the same day that Robert Woods tours ACL is – I don't think that's a coincidence. Insanity. I think,
1: yeah, I think the Rams went, oh, now we got to go do something. And Caldo down and Odell and Odell's like, oh, yeah, this is a Super Bowl team. I don't
0: know. It's so weird because, like, he went down. Robert Woods goes down at practice. He's down on the field for a little bit, gets up, finishes practice – Goes through all the media things after yeah. practice. He's like, I don't know. My knee's kind of bugging me a little bit. MRIs are like, by the way, you tore your ACL at practice. You're done for the year. Like, right. That's insanity to me still. But, and then Odell signs on the same day, which I don't know. Maybe that did have something with his influence of signing there. Yeah. Because he would have been a two in Green Bay, and now he's a two in Now LA. he's a
1: two in L.A., so... I, I think give it, I mean, six days is not enough time, especially. I'm assuming, I don't, I mean, Sean McVay runs a West Coast style, um, which sets up well for a guy like OBJ. But yeah, we'll see. I think give it more than six days, and I yeah. think we'll, it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. I
0: think, I'm I'm hoping that it's fun to watch. I'm, I'm hoping Kobe. that he gets back to where he was. Cause I think it's not like, like everyone's like, basketball's better when New York is good. Like, yeah. not, like football's better when Odell's good, but like, like, that's not a statement, but it is. It is true. It's yeah. a very small, obviously, piece of the puzzle, but you he is it. one of the more entertaining superstars we've had in the last couple of years. When he was in New York, it was a human highlight reel. I mean,
1: nobody ever bought... The New York Giants won two Super Bowls, and you never saw anyone wearing like an Eli Manning jersey at a frat party. No. People were wearing OBJ jerseys to a frat it took, party.
0: It took that catch against Brandon Carr and the Cowboys yeah. for a minute to be like... Now, top three jersey sales. Right. right. there. I like it. Bing bong. Bing bong. Um, no, I, I
1: think, I mean, OBJ, I don't I don't disagree with you. I think OBJ is a good headline. The problem is, is his age at this point. So it's like, it's got to be this year, next year, or probably in the, you know, pretty soon here, he's not going to have a great career in his late thirties. So I hope he does get back to that super, superstar level here pretty soon.
0: Yeah. Agreed.
1: Um, Cam Newton is back. That's that's all that I wrote Two snaps, there. two touchdowns. Two snaps, two touchdowns. i back.
0: Was it, okay, is it me? Or like, I watched that video, and I'm obviously you can hear him. He's pretty close to the camera. And I'm like, mm-hmm. he has a lot higher pitch of a voice than I thought he did. Like, when just when he was yelling. Like, I'm hearing him say I'm back. I'm like, that feels like a higher pitch than what I was expecting. Did
1: you hear the story behind that whole thing? uh uh-uh. That was great. So he did a, his, obviously did a post-game interview afterwards, and yeah. he was talking about it. And he told Matt Rule, he was like, if I score, I'm going to get penalized and I'm going to do um, – this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my helmet off and I'm going to scream that. And he was like, the only time that I'll do it, like the any other time that I get penalized for a celebration, I'll own it. But like last week I was eating cereal at home. So like I'm going to celebrate I'm this gonna moment. I'm going to
0: celebrate at least
1: once. And I'm like, you know, I can
0: – I can respect that. I can respect that. Tell I your head coach that. before – I wonder if Rule was okay with it or not. I think he kind of had to be because... I feel like it was going to happen regardless. Yeah,
1: Cam Newton makes the Panthers a heck of a lot more interesting than P.J. Tucker uh, does, who also played pretty pretty well. P.J. Walker um, did play well. P.J. Walker, that's what it is, not yeah. Tucker.
0: You got it. You're uh, close enough. He was he was an XFL standout, was he not? He was probably the best quarterback in the XFL at yeah. one point, yeah. So, I mean, and he plays that same brand of football that Cam does. So and that way They brought him in. And I was like, he kind of, like, the play style, which he was behind Teddy Bridgewater originally. I'm like, mm-hmm. Teddy's obviously nowhere near as, as athletic as Cam is or was. But I was like, all three of these guys kind of feel the same. It's so weird, like, the the replacement system that Carolina's going through. Like, they brought in Teddy Bridgewater to replace Cam Newton. But now they, then they had to bring Sam Darnold in to replace Teddy Bridgewater because he wasn't good enough. And now Cam's back replacing Sam Darnold because he's hurt. Yeah. So... Teddy replaced Cam, so Sam could replace Teddy, and now Cam's back replacing Sam. Sam. Very weird. I think I
1: think there's a lot of things on the line here. I think Carolina's obviously, they're not out of the playoff contention at Nowhere all. Nowhere
0: near out of playoff contention at this
1: point. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but I, I like the move. I'm glad they listened to the podcast because, I don't know, it was like two or three weeks ago that I said, it's crazy to me that Cam Newton's not on
0: an NFL roster right now, and... Glad it finally came to fruition. It just makes sense for him to – it's – I don't know. Like, as a Panthers fan, I couldn't imagine, like, the euphoria and just – because all the guys that he played with, most of the guys are still there. Like, DJ Moore was a rookie in his second or third to last year – C-, C Mac, like Christian McCaffrey, exploded after like the last year he was there, and after the year he left, and now like he's back. Christian McCaffrey's the top five back. DJ Moore was lighting the league on fire for the first six weeks of the year. Like all these guys that were like under his wing, now he left and he's back, and these guys are like, it's kind of like, have you ever seen the picture like? Like, Master Splinter on uh, from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And he's got, like, the four oh, young yeah, turtles yeah. under his arm. Mm-hmm. And then after, that's like, the bottom one is all the turtles old and they're, like, helping him. That's yeah, how I feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I've what this that. team is to me. Okay, I like that. And leading into my cold take, we'll do that afterwards. But, like, leading into my cold take, Cam's obviously should be the starter going forward. I agree. Sam Donald's out. PJ Walker played good, but...
1: He's not the answer.
0: This team is more exciting. They're gonna sell more. And I think it gives them and doesn't mean that PJ Walker's not gonna to touch the field. I would both of these guys are athletic guys. They both throw the ball a decent bit. Like I'm the trick playbook is wide open. Right. I can sure. bring both these guys in on, on any given down in the Wildcats set. I can run, I'll do the Heisman set like, like Baltimore did last year, bring both quarterbacks and Christian McCaffrey into the backfield. Matt Rule can be as creative as he wants to now. And now maybe you want to wait till Sam Donald's healthy to try to get creative with your two quarterbacks that are on roster, but I think Cam's got to be the starter unless he truly plays bad enough to be pulled.
1: I think this week they're going to probably install the Cam Newton offense, right? So it's going to be a different offense than we've probably seen out of Carolina. So I think Joe Brady is – it's not about Joe Brady's offense anymore. I think no. it is now – Joe Brady is learning Cam Newton's offense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how can you mesh the
0: two together
1: right. healthily? And, yeah, I mean, it'll be a good sign for Joe Brady if he's able to adapt, and who knows, maybe they make the playoffs. I think Cam Newton is potentially playing for a contract next year.
0: I don't even think it's a contract. I think he's playing for his career. I yeah, think if he, this is his last stop. If he if plays work, bad... Yeah. If he does not, and I wouldn't say, like, he doesn't have to get him to a Super Bowl or anything to get another contract, but, like, if he plays bad and he gets benched, he is not getting another chance. Let, me, let me ask you this
1: question. Is Cam Newton a top 20 quarterback right now?
0: That's tough. I would say no, but I feel like he's definitely not bottom seven. He's above 25.
1: So you think he's somewhere between 20 and 25? 20 and 25. If he
0: slips top 20, he's probably 18 to 20. But yeah. I, off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you. I know
1: that's <laughs> a tough one to just throw at you. To try to throw. But I would take him over a lot of quarterbacks. Oh, hundred Like,
0: I would take him over... Taylor Heineke? I would... So I'll just... I, I'd take him over both of the QBs in Miami. Mm-hmm. I'd take him over Zach... Like, currently, at right this now, point. Right now. Right, right, right. take him over Zach Wilson and Mike White. I, I'd take him over Big Ben. I would make the argument to take him over Baker the way he played this last week. Take him over Tyrod in Houston. I'd take him over Brian Tannehill. I'd take him over the guy, whoever's starting in Denver week to week. Like, there's definitely some guys that you take him over.
1: So you might have just snuck him in 20, right? I might have
0: put him right at 20 or 18. Yeah.
1: Right. So by the time you throw in, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, so on and so forth. Yeah. Taylor Taylor Heineke, that group. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's I think it's a good fit. Um, I I have no problems with this move, but yeah, I think this is
0: this is it. It's all or nothing here. I hope if nothing else they keep him. I, and I hope his ego like I don't know. It's one of those things where like if Sam Darnold is healthy, I feel like he needs to be playing because you have to decide if you're going to extend him at this point as well. Where like Cam, I can give Cam's not going to get anything more than a vet minimum, probably going into next year. Which they gave him like ten million dollars, not? They, they yeah. paid him to bring him. Well, in.
1: it was. I can't remember the structure of it, but it was quite. It was really heavy. Like it was up to ten million with incentives, but they which, gu, they guaranteed a good chunk of it though, like seven or six million of it, something like that.
0: That's how all like anybody that's coming back in that spot should all be incentive based.
1: It really, it was only. It really wasn't that much. It was like three million incentives or something like that. Not as big as so I thought.
0: His base salary was two point two five with a two point two five sign. So like they guaranteed got like,
1: half of it for half the year.
0: Yeah, he got like half of his probably like
1: two and a half guaranteed. His base and his signing bonus will both be guaranteed. So yeah, guaranteed so his cap five, hit is six million dollars. So they guaranteed six million of a ten million dollar contract. Yeah, which is a really good deal for so him. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Keep keep
0: that open. What's your,
1: what's your hot take of the week?
0: Hot take this week, and I feel crazy for saying this, but that's what hot takes are all about. Uh, I think the Patriots are going to make the Super Bowl in the AFC. I'm not going to guarantee they're going to win because I have no idea, obviously, who's going to come out of the NFC. But when I'm looking at this AFC playoff picture, we talked about it earlier. You touched on it. What does Bill Belichick do best? He takes rookie quarterbacks or rookie contract quarterbacks, he chews them up, and he spits them out. When I look at who's going to make the playoffs in the AFC, there's a lot of guys on rookie contracts in the AFC. There's a lot of young quarterbacks. So when I'm looking at the teams that are above or at the same win level as the Patriots right now, you have Ryan Tannehill who's obviously 33, but nothing special. And without Derrick Henry, I would bet on the Patriots beating the Titans. I think they could turn that offense into one-dimensional and stop both dimensions pretty easily. Josh Allen is 25 years old on a rookie contract. He is 2-4 against the Patriots in his career. The two wins coming last year when they had Cam Newton slash Jared Stidham as their two quarterbacks on roster. Okay. He was 0-4 in the two years beforehand. Lamar Jackson, who's 24, he's 1-1 against Bill Belichick in his career. Um Big Ben, obviously, if the Patriots make it. But, again, a team that I'm pretty confident that the Patriots could beat in the postseason. We definitely could. Um, Patrick Mahomes, 26. That's the big question mark. It all depends on how the Chiefs play the rest of the year, more than anything.
1: I I think the Chiefs and I think Josh Allen is good enough now to get by. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, we still have to play the Bills twice. Mm -hmm. So...
0: The thing why I'm betting the Patriots over Josh Allen is because even if the Patriots were to lose the two games to the Bills, if they make the playoffs, I'm betting on Bill Belichick with two games of tape against that quarterback ninety percent of the time. It's always as hard, to good be- as Josh Allen is.
1: Yeah, if yeah.
0: I'm giving you, I'm giving Bill Belichick two full games against his defense, and they match up for a third time, I have a hard time believing that they lose that game. Yeah. I mean, if both teams are fully healthy.
1: I like our defense a lot better this year. That guy in the red sleeves plays really well
0: every week. That's true. Number nine is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've at least I've heard. Having number 54 back in the middle of the defense, I think, is a huge boost. Donta Hightower has been, yeah. obviously, the heart and soul of that defense, and I think J.C. Jackson playing at a high level is very important. Jonathan Joseph or Jonathan Jones getting back to the outside. And we more added
1: more. pieces that just always work well in New England. Jamie so Collins is back. Jamie Collins is back. Kyle Van Noy is back. Like just guys that just work. And yeah. then that guy in the red sleeves is playing to a point where I feel good about our pat Like he's like been our best pass rusher since outside of that one year we had Trey Flowers play really well.
0: Um, You've been able to scheme around him. That's the thing. Yeah, Judon's usually not good as the top option. And while they the Patriots may not have a second option, they have like seven third options right yeah. So like that's where that's why Judah and again I'm so mad that Baltimore let him walk at the price tag that New England got him for because he was asking for twice as much money the year before before we franchise tagged him mm-hmm. So like when he signed in New England, my I was like, you know, obviously the first one doesn't have the contract details. they so like, Matt Judon signs in New England. I'm like, good riddance. You're right. not worth Von Miller money. Get out of my... And then I saw the deal, and I was like, well, I would have kept him for that. Right. Damn it. Yeah, so he's playing well. And then, obviously, Justin Herbert's 24, Joe Burrow's 24. Right. Those are like the quarterbacks in the AFC.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think that's... I mean, it sounds... It's crazy. It sounds... It's definitely crazy. It sounds crazy, but when you explain it, I'm like, man, maybe it's not that nuts. I mean, the big question mark that I'll have there is how well is Mac Jones gonna play under that spotlight? Hundred percent. Now Mac Jones has played in a national championship game, so and I'm not saying it's the same level, at least he has some experience in this. It's yeah. not He's gonna not
0: be like, what Josh Allen was coming out of college, right. playing at Wyoming. Yeah, and, you know, barely making a bowl game. Never probably. seen a big game in his life. Yeah. where at
1: least he has some experience in it. I don't know. It, it's not the craziest thing I've ever heard, but
0: it's it's just one of those things where I I don't know. Like you have two games to tape versus Josh Allen, the like the Chiefs are getting back to what they usually are. The Ravens are super banged up. I'm yeah. thinking at this point, if the Patriots and the Ravens ran into each other in the postseason. I feel like the Patriots' pass rush would eat Baltimore alive at this point.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, we've always been a pass rush by committee team, and it's worked. And, and it's Baltimore nice. does not
0: have an offensive line at this point. Right. This
1: and there's a lot of teams. Like, I would I would like us against Kansas City in that offensive line, too. I think we could put a lot of pressure on Mahomes.
0: And that's the thing is their interior line is solid, but Junon's coming off the edge, and he's fighting Mike Rimmers and Orlando Brown, and I right. like his chances there. Yeah. So... I don't know. It's going to be wild to see, but the Patriots have looked better and better each week, and obviously you want to get better as the season goes along, and they've done exactly
1: you that. You want to get hot at the end of the year, which is typical Bill Belichick teams. We always stink the first month, and yeah. then he figures it out. Yeah, 100%. I am wearing my Bill Belichick hoodie. I know none of you can see the short that Short-sleeve hoodie. But I did. I do have a Syracuse hoodie that I chopped the sleeves off of Bill Belichick style. I just I like cut them with a pair of scissors. So I like it. Very rugged. I wore it because of how well the Patriots played. Um, For my cold take, I don't know. Both of these could have been hot takes maybe, but I I thought this one was not as hot, so I went with it as my cold. We won't see a defensive coordinator hired next year.
0: Like as a head coach? Mm -hmm. I I would agree. I can't think of even a standout DC that somebody would look at at this point. Maybe Dan Quinn, maybe. I think his previous head coaching kind of – Makes you a little bit more hesitant. I wouldn't say, like, nervous, but, like... I mean, he wasn't
1: that bad of a head coach, but, yeah, I mean... I'm I think not, it's a
0: little too early to be like, all right, yeah, let's give him another shot. Yeah. And I, also, I think the other candidates, there are other better candidates out there as I well.
1: I just look at the defensive head coaches in the league right now, and I don't go, wow, that's oh, Those guys are doing great. well for themselves, right. yeah. Outside of, like, some really traditional guys, so, obviously, Mike Tomlin, Bill Belichick, right, right they're having a great amount of success, but... Vic Vangio, he stinks. You look at
0: all the guys that have been hired in the last probably three years. Vangio stinks. Brian Flores. It's I been, love man. Brian Flores. And he was really good last year, but they can't figure out the quarterback situation, which is a reflection of your head coach at this point. The old saying is if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. And right now the Dolphins have two quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, that, that ultimately might plague his career. Is and just... then obviously
0: Robert Salah as well. And, right. And But that, I, I consider that more of a Jets thing. so
1: i don't see anyone that i'm like yeah they're gonna get hired so i mean maybe it's not crazy hot but i thought it was decently warm for my hot hot take i will die on this mountain but the eagles are back baby this is a
0: this is a scary one for you to say after you like we said it like week three you're Mm -hmm. like the eagles might make the playoffs and then two weeks later you're like I was so fucking wrong, yeah. and now four weeks later, you're like, the Eagles are back, baby. I, I mean, want to hear why they just.
1: Okay, so tell I haven't. is some logic behind this. The last three games, they've had 150 yard rushing as a team, so they they have figured out an identity, right? So they know who they are now, right? So they they're no longer gonna ask Jalen Hurts the pass 30 times, um, and it's it's working. I mean, Jordan Howard for how banged up he is was running the ball great uh boston scott running the ball great jalen hurts was running the ball great like and and when they need to pass devontae smith has been a good good option this year and
0: yeah and i think i said it a couple weeks ago when we were talking about it. i was like this team leads the league in yards per carry but they are bottom five in rushing attempts
1: right What's going on here? And Holy now, cow! And they uh, learned
0: how to run the ball, and they're winning games. And Nick Sariani's like,
1: "Hey, maybe we should, guys. Do you think we should like run the ball? Yeah. A last,
0: bit? look at the last three weeks: the forty-four-six destruction of the Detroit Lions, yep. a three-point loss to a playoff, most likely playoff-bound Chargers team, which is acceptable, and then a thirty-to-thirteen win off also. Borderline playoff team in the Broncos. Yeah,
1: so I like the direction. I'm, I mean, I, I don't know if I can say they're going to make the playoffs, right? Like, I have a hard time sitting here and, and telling you that. because At four and
0: six, yeah. It's at four and tough six, sand.
1: yeah, they've got an uphill battle, especially in the NFC. The good news is is the backside of the NFC is a little bit more wide open, right? Well, when you
0: look at the backside of their schedule even, the Giants twice, the football team twice, the Jets the Saints and the Cowboys.
1: So, besides the Saints and the Cowboys, like, I mean, this team could be a 9-8 and eight team. Right? I'm
0: The the whole running thing, this is the week I want to see. They play the Saints, who have had a top five rushing defense this year. Yeah. I'm curious of how well they run the ball, but more importantly, how much is Nick Sirianni going to stick to it?
1: And if Jalen Hurts can overcome, like, this might be a game that Jalen Hurts has to carry him. Yeah,
0: is, so... Can Jalen Hurts do that if he's asked to? And also, is Nick Sirianni going to go down seven nothing to the Saints team and be like, Jalen, you're throwing the ball forty times. Forget running the ball. We're down three nothing with three minutes gone in the first quarter. We have to throw the ball. Like, or is he going to panic? Right. I'm curious to see that as well.
1: So the teams that are in the hunt for the wild card spot are the Saints, who are five and four, the Panthers, who are five and five, the Vikings at four and five, San Francisco at four and five, the Falcons at four and five. And then the Eagles at four and six. Yeah. I mean, it's not impossible. You know, I'll say that. They, with
0: their schedule, I'm like, this is definitely a team that could do it. Yeah, they're going to
1: sneak up there. I mean, I, I, I think the Falcons are going to drop some gains. The Niners are going to drop some gains. They got some tough games ahead. I don't know what Minnesota's schedule looks like. And the Saints are still kind of up in the air of what their quarterback situation was like. Look they like. have
0: Trevor Simeon. It's hard to bet with them at this point
1: yeah so I, it it's not i mean don't sleep on it don't don't put it out there but yeah. i mean i don't know why i just love the eagles the
0: second i look at their schedule that take becomes so much better yeah it to really play does. the which again at the you, beginning of the year the football team and the giants twice is not fun games because those are pretty solid defenses yeah the football team has been one of the worst defenses in the league the giants have been okay, not great, a team that you should be able to win a close game against. The Jets, who have looked horrible, who have allowed, I think, 135 points in the last four weeks of play. Um, And then the Cowboys, obviously, and the Saints are going to be two tougher games. But five of those games are really, really winnable. Yeah. Easily winnable. For sure. So, I mean, you win those five. Say you lose the two, you should lose. You win the five, you should win. They're sitting at, what, nine and seven? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that could be a playoff team. That could be a playoff team. Granted, at the you're, you're, you're leaving it up. You're leaving it to if somebody else can lose some games along the way. But, I mean, if you can. You if beat you,
1: the Saints, you hold the tiebreaker over them. That could be the difference between you getting
0: in and not getting in. 110%, yeah. But you cannot drop a game in that, that stretch. The thing is, the thing that sucks is that, say, they beat the Saints. Say they beat the Saints, then they, that's a two game win streak. Yep. I, you're then asking them to win. With that two-game streak, you're asking them to win seven straight and win the next five, which isn't crazy. It's not crazy with who they play, but winning seven games is no easy. You know it's who has the longest win streak in the it, NFC right now? I'm I saw, I, I saw this today. Okay, and I thought this was a ridiculous fun fact, but it's a fun fact nonetheless. Who you know how the longest win streak in the NFC currently is who? It's actually a trick question because there's not a single win streak in the NFC currently it would technically be the lions cuz mm-hmm. they didn't lose this last week. Nice. There's no team that's won two straight games in the NFC. <laughs> they've they've either won this week they either won two. this week and lost last week, or they lost this week and won last week.
1: Oh, you're saying right now. I was yeah. like, the Cardinals definitely won, like, six or seven games in a row. There, I'm talking currently, currently. there's
0: no NFC team that has won two games in a row.
1: I mean, that doesn't surprise me. The NFC is pretty tough right and now. And
0: also, just teams are dropping games that are ridiculous. Like, the Rams, they yeah. dropped a game this week. It's you know?
1: it's definitely been a weird two weeks of football, um, for sure. That is
0: the understatement of the year, yeah. I have to say. so. Before we get into pump the brakes today, a quick word from our sponsor. Houston based company Exotic Pop is known worldwide as the unique beverage boutique, offering rare and hard to find flavors of beverages and snacks that are sourced from all over the globe. Exotic Pop promotes creativity, individuality, and a distinctly positive movement for pop culture as it draws legendary entertainers as well as soda connoisseurs together for a greater purpose. From hits like the Wu-Tang Pineapple Soda to rare snacks like Dunkaroo Cereal, Exotic Pop is your one-stop shop for all the goods. I think it's very fitting that we landed the Exotic Pop ad considering how much I love soda and Mm -hmm. just absolutely – drinks that just have way more sugar than you should ever really drink at one time. But, you know, that's how I roll. So that's why we landed the ad.
1: I think we talked about your, your sugar consumption <laughs> the other day. My sugar
0: slash caffeine consumption. Yeah, it's, Definitely it's a little scary. Alarming yeah. is the best way to put it. All but,
1: right. We are about halfway through the show, so we're actually making decent time for a two-hour show here. Not bad. Which is nice. Okay, pump the brakes. Um, the Panthers will make the playoffs this year.
0: This is tough. I know we just talked about um, the NFC playoff picture. Panthers currently sit at five and five. Uh, There's another team. Their schedule is definitely not as easy down the stretch as the Eagles are. The next three weeks: Washington, Miami, Atlanta. I'm like, ah, I's okay. They're probably they should be eight and five probably. The issue is it's then followed by Buffalo, Tampa, New Orleans, Tampa. That is not a fair stretch of games. Buffalo obviously being a top team in the NFC. The Buccaneers being one of the top teams in the NFC. The Bills obviously in the AFC. And then the Saints, not the greatest game, but the defense is solid enough and enough to make you kind of sweat out what could be like a 17-14 game at the end of the year. Um, I'm going to pump the brakes here just because of that five that five-game stretch kind of freaks me out. Four-game stretch. Freaks me out, and also the Falcons are also pushing the playoffs. So as much as that four game stretch is terrifying, the week before is still a playoff contender. And this week, Washington—they just slept the Bucks last week. So I don't even know what to think of Taylor Heineke at this point.
1: That's true. He he is kind of up and down. Um, I don't know. You say Washington football team's an easy win, and then sometimes you're like, oh, maybe they're not. Maybe and then they, they are. And then they
0: beat the Bucks last week, right? It's so it's
1: tough to say if they are or they aren't. And the Dolphins just beat the Ravens. So I <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this this bottom two the two wild card spots, um, I mean obviously the third one's going either to the Cardinals or the Rams I think at this point. But
0: yeah, that's definitely the top wild card spot goes to second place in the AFC West. NFC the, West.
1: The other two, it's just so there. It's just such a jumble. I think of them. Literally
0: that, anybody but the Giants and the Giants, the Lions, the Bears, and I'd say there's one other team I thought of the Seahawks probably. And maybe the football team. Like, outside of those five, I'm like, I it's open. It's yeah, right I open.
1: mean, I mean, heck, the 49ers are another team that I could just see somehow sneaking in, right? And I
0: don't think the Seahawks are 100% out of it. Yeah. there, It's definitely a 2% chance, but 2% is better than the 0% chance that the Lions have at this point. So, I don't know. I'm gonna bet no against the Panthers just because the competition's there. Their schedule is not easy going down the stretch. Even if they're sitting at eight and five, they beat the Falcons. It is tough for them to then ask. They've got it probably. I mean, they've really only probably have to win one game, but you'd like to win two. So two, it's not right. It's not the scenario of like if this team loses, this team loses, and then they win. And then you want to control ties. your own destiny yeah. for sure. Yeah, which to even ask them to win one game. Out of those downstretched, like they could probably beat the the Saints, but then you're asking them to beat the Bucks once or or the Bills, and yeah. that's I I don't know how I feel. It's a tough about ask, that. yeah. That's a very tough ask, yeah. The Steelers will win the AFC North. Let's hold. On, let's pump the brakes here. I think even with how bad Baker Mayfield's playing, I'd still take the Browns over the Steelers in the long run. Okay. Um, I I can't. Uh, ugh, I don't know. It's crazy because right now, if 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 you had
1: to say every team in the AFC North, you would say Browns are trending down. Yep. I would say Cincy's probably been trending down or sideways. It's a it's
0: a slight. It's down, but it's not as drastically of a down as Cleveland. Yeah,
1: and then you look at Baltimore, and you can't really justify that win in your head at all, yep. or that loss, excuse me, in, in in your head at all. And then you look at the Steelers. And I know they tied Detroit, and I know their schedule's hard going forward, but they've been trending up, if anything, when Big Ben plays and Najee Harris. They were
0: on a f- Technically, since they didn't lose, they are on a four-game win streak. They're right. on a four-game win streak and a tie, um, albeit it was the Broncos, the Russell wilson Seahawks, the ugly game against the Browns with half of Case Keenum in, and then a rookie Justin Fields. But... it's not crazy it's really not crazy it's not crazy but their schedule they don't have a single cakewalk game the rest of the year no they gotta and and every single team on their schedule left is in playoff contention
1: and ben's not playing next week or it's not expected for ben to play next week so that really doesn't help the case i would say the vikings might be their only easy game on there
0: yeah and even then they're still in the playoff race in the nfc if done, like, every team in here is in the hunt for the playoffs. They yeah. played Baltimore twice. The Bengals haven't, like, as much as they're trending down, still, still a viable option. The Chargers are there. The Browns are there. The Titans are there. The Chiefs are there. Yeah. So They would have
1: to win games that you go, I don't know how you guys won that, but...
0: They have to do what they did week one against Buffalo two or three times for yep. them to win the division. hundred percent. And those two or three times has to be against Baltimore twice, probably. Yeah. So... Which, that's the thing, is as much as I can't see it, for some reason, like, AFC North games are always close. There's no such thing as a blowout for any team, unless it was the Browns the last 20 years. Yeah. Which, those days are over. So, there, I, I would be shocked to see any of the remaining AFC North games be decided by more than two touchdowns. I think 17 points is, like, the cap. It doesn't happen. That'll be interesting. Baltimore, yeah. it, it, Baltimore I think Baltimore and Pittsburgh play the last week of the year. Like Pittsburgh could literally be like six wins, horrible. Baltimore could be trending. Say they rip a win streak. They haven't lost since Miami, and that game will be like twenty-one seventeen. Just because it's an AFC North. It's game. just yeah. It's just that's how our games are. So next one
1: I got for you is Russell Wilson will want out next year. I could give you. I could give you both sides here.
0: Yeah, I, I'm thinking. I think I know why. So the thing—it all depends on how they handle their head coaching vacancy. Obviously, I think that's a big thing. Whether they give him reign on who they bring in or not, I think how much of a say he has is a huge indicator. Because if they're like, "We're firing Pete Carroll and we hired Eric Bieniemy," and they—it's like, like, and Russell Wilson finds out on Twitter, right? I think I'd be like, "Why am I here at I- this point?" I genuinely
1: think the Seahawks have to do something to get Russell to stay, and I think that might be firing Pete Carroll.
0: Yeah, which at the same time, I wouldn't put him on like a Damian Lillard level of loyalty, but I definitely think he's more loyal than not, which obviously I think that brings the chances down. Mm-hmm. But like I said, if they handle the situation wrong, I 100% I would ask out, especially with the 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 way that I don't know. I feel like it hasn't panned out for anybody yet. I don't think it's a surefire
1: thing that they fire Pete Carroll, but I think they're. I would. I would say it's it's
0: bubbling. it's starting it to simmer.
1: It's he's on the hot seat. 110%, yeah,
0: ten percent. Yeah, but it's not super hot yet.
1: The biggest thing that I struggle with with Russell wanting out is what team are you going to go to that's going to have better weapons than you have right now, and there isn't many.
0: And also, it also depends on how they handle. The trade talks, are they going to talk the way Houston's been talking? Are they going to talk the way that the Sixers talked about Ben Simmons? Right. You know, how much are you going to ask? Super weird and interesting. A, he Well, Deshaun Watson will set the market probably
1: first. Agreed. Yeah. And Russell Wilson will get less than Deshaun Watson. Goes. And as
0: much as Deshaun Watson may set the market, if he goes to Miami, I don't think it does. Because I think like Miami's the only team that's like, we don't want a quarterback back. Or no, I guess Houston doesn't want a quarterback. Houston back. doesn't want a quarterback. So guy. that's why it's hard for that to set the market because I feel like if Russell Wilson get traded, I feel like it probably would be like a Baker Mayfield for Russell Wilson swap would be super weird, but I, I know mean, it's been brought up before. It is super weird.
1: It's really weird actually. I but <laughs> I don't think I think it will set the market for a couple of reasons. I think Deshaun Watson's six years younger than Russell Wilson. Agreed. So that's, that's got to be a huge factor. Russell Wilson's 32 right now. So it'll be 33 going into next season. It's
0: it's going to have to be a team that's ready to win now. Right. Any and team, basically, the teams that are going to trade for Russell Wilson are all the teams that looked at Aaron Rodgers. And, and, and yeah, Matthew Stafford.
1: And Matthew Stafford and Deshaun Watson. So we, we run through that list. Like, Denver with Russell Wilson is inter- interesting, but I still think it's a downgrade in weapons. Yeah. Um, so there's that struggle there for sure. Um, we talk about Washington football team all the time. Um, I don't know if they're that much better with Russell Wilson. Maybe they are. That defense has been disappointing, to say the least. But I feel like Ron Rivera to Pete Carroll isn't much of a change. You know, Older coaches, defensive guys.
0: Yeah, and I like Ron Rivera. I and do, gotta too. got to figure the defense out. I don't know why they're playing as bad as they are, yeah. but... And it's a team that I think has some capital to move. Like, they have three starting defensive tackles on that team. Like, True. Like, they – Matthew Ioannidis, Jonathan Allen, and Deron Payne could all be starting defensive tackles anywhere that you don't have a pro bowler. Anywhere that's not Aaron Donald, DeForest Buckner, Chris Jones. Right. Like, those guys are all starters immediately. Like, he'd start in Baltimore, and he'd probably go to KC, start there, and they bump Chris Jones back out of the edge if they wanted to. Like, they could get weird. Yeah. So – I I think if I had to pump the brakes or not, I I will pump the brakes. I think with him being more loyal, and I think the Seahawks should handle it right, so I don't think he'll request. But I definitely would not be surprised to see it happen.
1: Okay. Washington football team should trade for Tua. So I'm going off the assumption that it's over in Miami. Yeah. I I don't see Tua playing for Miami next year. Maybe it'll happen, but I d- heavily doubt it. I can't see him it. being a starter for yeah.
0: next year at all. Definitely not. He'll so be you're
1: probably going to trade him for next to nothing, maybe a second or third round pick, and you're pretty happy for that? Yeah. Um, if you're Washington football team, you've kicked the can around with like 20 other quarterbacks, so I don't see how this hurts.
0: I Yeah, I would hope that you find a better option. In my honesty, if Russell Wilson's on the market, Deshaun Watson's on the market, and you have the ability to draft a quarterback, all of those options are better to me than going after Tua. But I don't think Taylor Heineke is the future. I like him. I think he's played well. The story is awesome. Um, But I can't bet on him being the franchise guy. Like Taylor Heineke I don't think wins you a Super Bowl. No. I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick does. Nope. I think Fitzmagic gets you a play. It's one of those things where, like, he's a trans. Fitzmagic is a transition guy, and I think Heineke is. I don't Heineke. It all depends on where he lands. I'd love to see him in Baltimore. I think we could get really weird with him. Backup situation, Taysom Hill type weirdness. Because I think he has the mobility, and I th- I think he'd, it'd be really interesting to see with him going forward. But again, I wouldn't pump the brakes. I mean, I would, because I wouldn't say they should trade for Tua. I think mm-hmm. you should find something else, but I think that's not a bad move in the long run.
1: So I think a couple of things happen. Someone's going to get left out, because this quarterback class is not great, to say, excuse me, to say the least. It's um, interesting, yeah. So somebody's going to get left out in some fashion of not having a quarterback. Probably going to end up being Washington. They're the least aggressive out of the teams that are probably going to go out. Like, I think Denver's going to get aggressive.
0: Yeah, 100%. They they feel like they're at that point. They and, have to because they've, they've played the way that Washington – like you're talking about Washington not being aggressive. Denver's done that with their quarterbacks the last five years, and right. has not worked yet. They've gotten
1: to the boiling point where I don't think Washington's there yet. And if you can get Tua for cheap, it's not going to hurt you. I mean, you're going to have two years left on his deal.
0: To be 100% honest, I'd rather have Gardner Minshew, but I don't know if the Eagles would trade him in division.
1: I I would agree with you, but I don't know if a lot of people feel that way. I don't know if, if Gardner Minshew gets the respect that the fans give him.
0: Oh, he... So the thing is, I don't think it should be a fan thing. I don't think there's, like... It's not a... He has a he has a mullet, so he's the best quarterback. That's why, like, right. it's not an Alex Caruso effect thing. Like, this guy was good at football, and I get that Trevor Lawrence was the consensus yeah. number one pick, and there was no other option around it. I hundred percent, I can understand that. The fact that there is no other team that was willing to give him a starting job, and the fact that. Jalen Hurts's insurance policy was the top thing for him is insanity to me. Mm-hmm. Because when I now think this is Jacksonville. Not mm-hmm. the best weapons of the world. Yeah, not yeah. the bet like this is not a winning franchise. His rookie year, he started twelve games. He had a sixty percent completion percentage, not great. Thirty two hundred yards, twenty one touchdowns, six picks. I'm not like bad. I yeah. For a kid that wasn't supposed to be the guy, I'm 100% okay with that. His second year, injury issues, played nine games, started, started eight games. He threw for 2,200 yards, 16 touchdowns, five picks. A little less, wow, but obviously he didn't play a full year. Yeah, He didn't start a full year either year. To me, this is a guy that should be a starting quarterback in this league. And I think, if nothing else, deserves a chance.
1: Undersized guys don't get third Chances, really? You know what I mean. He's an undersized, underproven guy. There's a reason he was a six-round pick, right? Yeah. So I don't. I get what you're saying. He probably does actually deserve a chance. I just don't think that's how it works in the NFL. And I don't think he was special. Is the other problem, right? Like you're going to be trading for a guy at his high end who is what? Alex Smith? Yeah. But I I mean, and that's a that's a very high that's a
0: high ceiling for him. I think he. I think he has, I think he's a lot better than anybody ever has ever given him credit for. I would say so. Yeah, I've been a huge man. Like, and it's just, and it's not really about like him not getting a second option to see like two is going to get a second option somewhere else. Yeah, Sam Darnold's on his second chance. Sam Darnold won't get a third. Cam Newton's back in the league for Mm -hmm. his third chance. And not that, and this is probably Cam
1: Newton has been special though. That's the difference. Cam Newton
0: was a league MVP at one point. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's also it's Carolina. That's always – like him and Carolina is always going to be a better fit than anybody else there because he's been there. He's been the – if nothing else, that's a morale thing for Carolina. And Sam Darnold and Tua were both first-round quarterbacks. Agreed. But I don't know.
1: When you're a sixth-round – I I know it sounds bad. Like Dwayne Haskins got a second shot because he was a first-round guy. Josh Rosen got a second chance because he was a first-round guy. Trevor
0: Simeon is in – he was a seventh-round guy, but he was a third-string quarterback. But – yeah. The two guys down went down in front of him. So I don't know. Like, I'm. The fact that no one went after him to even like. This is when Minshew. Obviously, when they to Trevor Lawrence, I'm like. This is a guy I'm looking at. Like, the football team, go get this guy. Mm-hmm. Fitzmagic's out. I get Heineke's the guy and the storyline guy, but like. This is a guy I think that can win you football games. I think he's a guy where you give up a six rounder, and maybe he is a transition guy. It's a six round pick. Right. I like him more than Heineke. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe not in Carolina, but I like him more than Cam Newton. I I don't think I like him more than Cam Newton.
1: I don't know. I, I I do agree with you on Heineke. I'll give you that. Um, I'm trying to think who else right now that I would go. Yeah, I mean, I probably like him more than Tua. I like him more than Jacoby Brissett, probably. I like but. him
0: more than Big Ben. I like him more than I like him more than Drew Locke. I All probably right. like him a little bit more than Teddy Bridgewater, but I'm kind of biased. Yeah, uh, it's just I don't know. I think it's insanity that he's a six round pick, goes for a six round. He gets traded for one to be a backup to be yeah. an insurance policy behind Jalen Hurts. Yeah, at best, that's the high end of what he can do in Philly. Yeah, no. so I don't know. It's. Minshew's definitely a hot button topic for me. As you Apparently,
1: tell. I didn't didn't mean to upset you there, <laughs> as you can tell. Let's uh, let's jump into our preview for week eleven. Do we have one more? Or do we talk about? No, I just took it off because we talked about it when we talked about yeah. the other one. Um, Fair enough. I got Chiefs versus Cowboys. Um, makes a week. lot of sense. Yeah, I mean this will be the test, right? If Chiefs are back, you got to win this game.
0: Yeah, I I agree. There's like it has to be a a game winning drive by Deck Prescott for it to be allowed as a loss, and yeah. even then I'm nowhere near. Like you have to win, and I you also have to win the game.
1: And on the flip side, I feel like Dallas feels a lot of pressure to win this game, especially after getting blown out by Denver. Played really well last week,
0: but this
1: this is a marquee matchup right here. This is this is going to be a really good game.
0: Is this Sunday night football? Ooh. Did they get a pro this? I, 100% this should be a primetime game. It is
1: not. as a 3 o'clock game. That's so stupid. I hate this. You want to know what Sunday Night Football is?
0: I'm scared to ask. Honestly. Steelers, Chargers. No Big Ben, Steelers, Chargers. Yeah, that's a boring. What's Thursday Night Football? Because I'm sure that's got to be just Patriots, Falcons. Oh, you guys are going to eat them alive.
1: So, I love it when we play the Falcons. <laughs> You're going to eat them alive. And then Monday night is Giants, Buccaneers. So. I
0: hate it's the NFL scheduling.
1: Super. I mean, they predetermine Thursday and Monday night games.
0: And, and I'm cool with that. But at one point, at any point in the season, was New England-Atlanta a marquee matchup?
1: Well, I mean, Thursday night gets the last pick of the, pick of the litter. So, like, I think, That's why it
0: shouldn't be a thing. How's a primetime game going to have pet last pick of the litter? Hey, you're the first game of football this week. By the way, you're the last choice of what game gets to go here. I, I yeah, I don't know. I hate Thursday night football. It's another hot button topic issue. for me. I don't really hate Thursday night football.
1: I mean, it's not most of the time. It's not great games, but it's
0: not great games. Guys get hurt. The, the more p-
1: the more standalone games we have, the more games people can watch. I'm all for it.
0: It's about the players hate it. Is why I've taken such a stance to it because like. The NFLPA and Richard Sherman and all those guys have been super against it because, like, guys get hurt. They're never good games. It's just right. not fun.
1: The one thing I will say as somebody who doesn't live in the region that their favorite team plays in, it is nice to be able to know that I'll be able to watch the Patriots play.
0: Yeah, and I could have watched Baltimore play if I wasn't at work. i right. that. So how
1: many times do you fully get a guarantee in the Midwest that you're going to get to watch a Northeast team or a – Southeast team.
0: When they play Kansas City.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. Besides that, yeah, like, never, right? Like, we're just hoping yeah. that they, they hoping, pick that game. Yeah,
0: it's got to be a marquee. It's got to be, you know, Baltimore So that's Dallas. why I
1: like Thursday Night Football, but I do think this will be a really good game to watch. Um, next one I have is raiders Bengals, And it's weird to put this on there, right? But it's two teams kind of in limbo.
0: Wild card implications, too. Yeah.
1: I would, if you're Cincy, you've got to win this game. And if you're uh, if you're Las Vegas, you also have to win this game. It's a must-win game for both teams, I think. Because they're both turning in a direction you don't want to go, so a win here matters
0: a lot. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Did Cincy play this last week? They had a bye they week. They had a bye this week. So they had a bye week, but remember, the last game before they played, they got trounced like 41-16 by the, by the, the Browns. The Raiders coming off their absolute destruction against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Yeah. Both teams just lost by 30 or more points. Both teams need to bounce back, and this is a game that decides whether you're the seventh seed or you're the first team out at this point.
1: Right. Like, this this game has a lot of wild card implication to it, so it matters. So that's why uh, we're going to preview that one. After that, I've got the Colts versus the Bills. Um, I think if you're the Bills, you're a little nervous. Patriots are right behind you in that division. If you're the Colts, you're still f- trying to fight to sneak your way into the playoffs. So it uh, matters for both teams here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Bills have everything to lose. Colts have everything to gain. Colts are trying to move up the division. The Bills are trying to hold steady. And as much as as good as the Bills looked against the Jets, you did lose nine six to another AFC South team two weeks ago. In right. The Jags. Colts are a lot better than the Jags are. So it's one of those games where I think if the Bills are not prepared, the Colts will sleep them. It's a very big trap game for the Bills because uh, you know the Colts want that win bad, really bad. Because if if they beat the Bills and the Bills slip. Patriots win the division. This is also another game that has a lot of wild card implications, as well, possibly. Yeah. There's a lot of things that have to happen for it to have wild card implications, but if nonetheless, this is a game that, like, the Bills have to be prepared for because they will get slept if they're not ready.
1: Yeah. This is, you cannot co, like, the Bills haven't played well enough to coast this year. Um, and this is a game that it feels like you could maybe try to coast through and the Colts sneak up and win one on you. So yep. it's a little bit scary in that aspect. So. Hundred percent. Um all right. Wow, we we're actually for once we're at an hour twenty seven and we're jumping into the NBA. So wow, we would have been
0: on time. time. Well,
1: if we were gonna try to talk about the NBA in our normal time frame. Oh hundred no. percent. We would not have be- we would have been we And even if we
0: were <laughs> only talking NFL we would have found like we would have been like, Oh, we have three minutes, talked about something for seven minutes and been over.
1: So, so. we do we do have plenty of time to cover our NBA stuff. Bring um, it on. So, first headline that I wanted to talk about, is Zion a bust at this point?
0: I don't think so. Um, Not at this point. I wouldn't call it so. Um, I think the worst thing that's happened to Zion's career so far is the fact that he was drafted by the Pelicans. I think David Griffin becoming the GM and winning his fourth lottery somehow is the worst thing that's happened to him at this point. Um,
1: I think the injuries aren't a good look for him. Definitely not. They never are. When he plays, he plays well. The problem is he comes into the season so out of shape that it just isn't helping his career. The only reason I'm going to say I kind of am getting the feeling that he I would say he's a bust to this point. I don't think his career is hard marked as a bust yet. But just the hype that was coming around him going to Duke, and then he lived up to that – You know what I mean? Lived up to the hype in Duke. And then going into the NBA, the hype that surrounded him there, I would say going into year three, right? Yep. I would say he's been a bust so far.
0: He's only played 85 games of the possible – it wouldn't be a full 160, obviously, because we've had a shortened year. Year, but, but, yeah, roughly around Still 84, you know, 85 of, what, probably 120, even 140, 150. Yeah. Um, the reason I'm not going to say he's a bust yet is obviously, like I said, I don't like the Pelicans. I don't understand why they haven't been relocated. Is a team that has just never, ever been able to produce with young talent. Anthony Davis played there and could never do anything. They added Drew Holiday in. um DeMarcus Cousins, before he went off the deep end. Yeah. And granted, they were a six-seed, and they swept the three-seed Blazers, and that was the height that the Pelicans have ever had, Yeah, was a, a sweeping a three-seed Blazers team. But he averaged 27 in the 61 games he played last year. 27 and 7 last year. I don't think he got talked about enough. I know that the injuries are obviously the big thing, but like nobody talked about how good he did play when he played. Yeah, Everyone's like, oh, he missed 20 games, and oh, he's out for the beginning of the year, and I get it, yes. Yes. 100% needs to be talked about. That is important stuff, and it's probably the most important stuff. But when this guy's on the court, he plays at a very high level, 27 points per game on 61% from the field last year. Yeah. Very efficient, high-volume scorer, gets a lot of boards. He's a very – it's a weird mold. Is definitely a Charles Barkley-esque guy. Yeah. six-seven, undersized for a power forward. Weight-wise, oversized for a power forward dunks the ball well, gets a lot of rebounds, kind of an old-school four, but also uh, he's a very, very weird place. I have a couple problems
1: with with Zion because, yeah, when he is out there, he is dynamic and he's fun. There's a couple issues that I see, um, and I have, a I think, a good comparison to who I view him in kind of lines with Mm -hmm. is Blake Griffin. Okay. So Blake Griffin is this dynamic athlete like you said, kind of undersized for a four, maybe. six 6'6". Yeah. At the
0: power forward spot, which 6'6 is kind of undersized for a small forward at this point in the league. Right. And kind of oversized for a shooting guard at the same time. So being for a power forward, yeah, definitely undersized.
1: So Blake Griffin had this great start to his career playing with Chris Paul in Los Angeles. Super hyper-athletic guy, got a lot of rebounds, was a big dunk star. As he aged, the injuries caught up to him. He isn't able to play the same style of basketball that he was used to. I worry with Zion that he's already had more injuries at the beginning of his career than Blake Griffin does. Yep. He has the issue of coming in shape all the time that it, this isn't
0: going to improve as he gets older. Yeah, according to ESPN, he is currently 6'6", 284 pounds. Right. Definitely a big... Now, see, the thing is is LeBron James was also 280 pounds in Miami. But he was also six nine, probably six eight, six nine. Yeah. So a couple inches taller to kind of evenly distribute that weight out, and also LeBron James is the greatest physical athlete we've probably ever seen. seen in yeah, the, the guy's world. a freak. The guy could play tight end in the NFL.
1: Yeah. But So yeah, that that's my problem is is Zion's game isn't going to age well the way that it's shaped out right now, and he hasn't played a full season yet, and we're going into year three. And he's still not going to played a full season. And yeah. who knows if season four we get that full season out of him? Yeah, uh,
0: I don't know. I, I wouldn't call him a bust yet because Joel Embiid had his injury issues, and he's still having his injury issues. And people would say he's probably the second or third best center in the league right now. Yeah, yeah. Jokic, Jokic and Cats. So.
1: I'm not saying that's why it's not. He's hard marked. It's watermarked, you know. Yeah, it, I
0: would. I would agree. You it, could it, wash it off, but
1: it's definitely there. It's. It's not trending the direction I would like to see. And, when, <laughs> and when he plays, he's amazing. But it's. He's. It's kind of. It's almost Greg Oden esque in a way too, where it's like when he plays, it's great, but he's not playing enough to make it feel great all the time.
0: It's a. It's a stain, but it's not an oil stain. You right. know? Like there's a there's a, di- a level of difference there still. for sure. So.
1: Next up, what do I got next?
0: Are the Warriors the favorites in the West? I would hundred percent have to say so at this point. Um, They've played above, I think, just about anybody's expectations would put them at this point. This is a team that is currently nine and one, I believe. They're twelve and two now. Twelve and two now, yeah. Um, Clay Thompson is still not back, right? Which James is Wiseman sc- is still not back. Which is scary that they're going to get better.
1: Hundred percent. We we ranked them pretty high. We both I think we both had them in our top four seeds. I think
0: I think we both had him in the top three, I would go top on to say that. Yeah.
1: I didn't think they'd play this well. I'm not surprised they're playing this well. I think Steph Curry should have been the MVP last year. I feel like he had the best season, but the team wasn't relevant around him was <sighs> so that's the problem.
0: The, I that's the only thing I hate about the NBAs and the way they decide MVPs, because eighty two games is a lot more than seventeen in the NFL. And right. eighty two games you could be 45 and 39, but mm-hmm. if Russell Westbrook is averaging 30, 15, and 10, he should be the MVP. I don't care what the best player on the 60-win team did. Right. Because yeah. without Russell Westbrook, that team has 15 wins.
1: Right, right. And yeah. is,
0: is the top five pick in the draft. So, I don't know. And that's how I feel about all most valuable player things. Now, with the NBA, it's a lot more team-based than it mm-hmm. is in the NFL, But I think that's what the NBA MVP, to me, should be.
1: So you say it's more team-based, but I would almost disagree with you because that one player can drastically swing, can make a team a non-playoff team to a playoff team.
0: Agreed. It's more team-based in the sense of if your team's not winning, you have a hard... like The fact that Steph Curry was now agreed, I agree with you, he probably should have been the MVP last year, but the fact that he was a finalist surprised me. Right. Because you know how the NBA is. They're like... Yeah, I mean, James Harden had the best scoring years since Michael Jordan, but the Rockets weren't a a top two seed in the West, so he's not allowed in. Right. And I'm like, I don't understand. This guy has dropped the most points in a game. He's the first player since Michael Jordan to drop 35 and average it through an entire year, and you disqualified him because the wa- the Rockets didn't win 60 games. That right. makes zero sense to me.
1: He played for the Nets last year. but Yeah, it
0: was, it was a couple years back.
1: Yeah, I know what you're saying.
0: So I, I've never understood. And the thing that frustrates me the most about the MVP candidacy is that it's not... I'm okay with the the qualifications being stupid if they're a consistent stupid. they mm-hmm. They're they're stupid one year and then they make sense and then they're stupid for the same reason and then they're stupid for a different reason.
1: Well, so the the problem that I have is and it's somewhat of a same thing with the NFL is it's all storyline driven.
0: Oh, 100%. So Giannis wins it back-to-back years. Giannis won it the first year cuz LeBron left. LeBron's in the West. Who's the king of the East? KD's not healthy. Who's the king of the East? Giannis. We're pretty sure it's Giannis. Like, oh, sure enough, it was. So
1: I'd say he deserved it. And then the second year, he still played well. I mean, they disappointed the year before in the playoffs and all that stuff. Nobody
0: jumped the storyline year two.
1: Right. And then year three, he doesn't win it. And then he goes and wins the fucking finals. And you're like, it just, or maybe it was year four, but you, you get the point of like, Yeah. He peaks his performance and he's not at an MVP level because he's already won two. So it's kind of an old story at this point. It's
0: that's the, the another thing that if you do something three years in a row, it's not special anymore. Right? They're like Russell Westbrook averages a triple double for the first time since Oscar Robertson's second player ever. They're like this is one of the greatest accomplishments in NBA history. He does it for four seasons straight, and they're like. Who cares? Who cares anymore? I'm like, so you're telling me that the thing that was the greatest accomplishment of all time, or you know, one of the greatest, he does it four times in a row. And they're like, triple doubles don't matter, win games. So I'm like, um, hello. Right. Like, <laughs> and then the first
1: couple they didn't care how many games he was winning because it was just an amazing storyline. Yeah, and all that the, stuff. the
0: first year was insanity because I remember the eighty second game of the year in Denver. No, I I don't remember where it was, against Denver and he hits a buzzer beater three for his 42nd triple-double of the night to s- 42nd triple-double of the year to secure the triple-doubles for the entire season, hits a game winner, drops 40 or 50 against Denver. It was the one that, like mm-hmm. the 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 nicest cherry I've ever seen on the top of a cake ever. Okay. So I don't know, we've gotten so off topic about the Warriors, but we've got time, so who cares, right? Yeah, I mean, no, we've we've got
1: time to kill, so it's not the end of the world, but
0: the MVP candidacy is always – so who do you think is going to win this year at this point? If you're like, who's who's the storyline-driven guy at this point?
1: I mean, it, it would hard – right now, like if the season ended today, I would say it has to be Steph.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. I don't, I, don't I don't think there's another candidate.
1: I don't I don't even think there's anyone that I, I sit here and I go, I mean, if, if let's pretend Washington keeps playing as well as they've been playing, maybe Bradley Beal? I feel possibly? like I feel like that's a big stretch but the fact
0: that they're 10-3 is insanity. I
1: man. don't think that'll maintain if we're I being can't. 100% being honest, but
0: I would be 100% honest if like if I had to pick a a random like and I think anybody but Steph is a random weird dark horse pick. Tyler Heroes in the conference, is that an overreaction?
1: I feel like that's an overreaction. Uh, but when I look am also
0: a Tyler Hero hater. So when I look at this Heat team, he currently he's not leading the league in scoring, leading the team in scoring. Jimmy Butler averages 23.6. Tyler Hero averages 21.9. Um, Most improved, maybe, but you can't, you can't. I wouldn't jump to the MVP category yet either. Okay, but he's definitely a guy that's played really well. Um, when you look at the leading scores for the Heat. Um, this year, I believe he's led the team more than he has not in scoring. And he did just lead them to a, a, or I guess they started the year with a win against Milwaukee, but he scored 27 against Utah in a win, and he scored 26 in a win over OKC as well. So, I don't know. um The Bulls are really good. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, we, we are getting so off-topic right now that we, we've got to focus back up a little bit because okay. we will talk about the Wizards we'll, come back we'll to talk the, about yeah, the Bulls. I, yeah, we definitely did just but do that. But I, I think the, the Warriors are the favorites to come out of the West at this to, point.
0: To be 12-2 and two and know that you're getting better is... Yeah. It's a scary thought. Um, They just beat the Nets tonight pretty handedly. Oh, did they? Uh, as, as we were recording, obviously, being on Tuesday, the Warriors did just beat the Brooklyn Nets tonight... I'm trying to get the exact score pulled up. I remember seeing the storylines, because I mean, you know, SportsCenter is obviously going to tweet about it and everybody's going to post about it. They beat the Nets 117 to 99 tonight. Damn. Not a super close game. Curry had thirty seven. Um James Harden actually led the Nets in scoring. Twenty four. Show me the box score. The thing with the Warriors is that like It's just everyone's playing at a decent clip. And I don't feel like they're. They shot 33% from downtown. That's pretty good. They're not. It's not great, but the thing I like them being able to beat the Nets without shooting the lights out is the fact that they're not living and dying by the three pointer. Right. It's not like if they go cold from downtown, they have 0% chance of winning. Like 33% isn't great, and they still. One pretty handily.
1: There's a couple things I'll say about the Warriors here. Is like one, I think Andrew Wiggins is having the best year of his career, undoubtedly in a, in a role. So he might not be averaging the best numbers of his career, but he's filling the role that he really, really well for the Warriors this year.
0: Still a bust for a number one overall pick, but at least we're finding some value at some point. And I would say
1: that the other thing that I really love that the Warriors did this year is they added depth, right? So that's always been the issue with the Warriors is their bench has just been a bunch of random guys. Um, Otto Porter Jr. coming off the bench I think is a great fit. Andre Iguodala is a great fit. I think once Poole, once uh, Clay Thompson comes back, I think Poole being a rotational guy, I think he'll be a really good I think fit. It's
0: ter- I think Jordan Poole and Otto Porter Jr. leading your bench is terrifying.
1: Right. That's a really and, good, and that's a a good bench.
0: And even like, and I know, you know, people might not like, Kevon Looney has, NBA, he has started in the finals against LeBron James multiple times. Mm-hmm. He started in the finals against the Cavs multiple times. That guy's probably going to be coming off the bench behind Wiseman as well. Eventually. Like they have they have a
1: good rotation. They have a
0: really good rotation, a lot of experience off the bench. Because, like, when I look at their second unit, I'm looking at probably like Gary Payton Jr. Probably like when, when, Ste- when, when Clay and Wiseman are back, I'm looking at Gary Payton Jr., probably looking at Jordan Poole. And if I can get weird, like I'm looking at Andre Iguodala, Otto Porter Jr., and Kevon Looney. Yeah. So I've got two guys, one's a finals MVP for some reason. The other guys started in the finals multiple times. Jordan Poole's a bucket. Otto Porter Jr. does his role extremely well. Gary Payton's been the surprise of the season for them. He's been playing really well. And then on top of that, they have three guy two or three guys that they drafted this year. Jonathan Kaminga, they drafted this year, and Moses Moody is also coming off the bench they drafted this year. Naaman Balenci is a great stretch for. Like this team is like I can honestly say that I know just about every single person on this bench. I, I can I know these guys by name. Except for one, maybe, but I know I've heard his name multiple times, so they're definitely the favorites for me in the West. Trending the right direction for sure, hundred percent. Next one I got are the Warriors
1: and the Bulls for real. So let's tackle the war or the the Wizards. The Wizards, sorry. Let's tackle the Wizards first.
0: I don't think the Wizards are real.
1: Um, you don't like the 2017 or
0: 2016 Lakers rebuild. No. Um, <laughs> like, when I look at this team, I just, I don't know. Um, Bradley Beal is obviously the guy you want leading the way. Montrez Harrell, love it. Great signing. I don't understand why he's not starting for you at this point. The fact that Kyle Kuzma is leading your team in rebounds is insanity to me. But he is. Um Crazy what happens when you ask when you don't ask a twenty three year old to be the third option on a championship team. Um Kyle Kuzma's playing great um, in in Washington. Um, did you see the? I think it was ESPN. the The Wizards played in Cleveland, so obviously they're on a Cleveland station that night. Mm-hmm. And like he's on the at the podium, and this is a real like media header. It was like. Kyle Kuzma, and it was like, you know, they always put like an accolade or something underneath it. Yeah. Like, yeah. won NBA finals because of LeBron James, or like something. Like, it was a slight. It was oh, like, really? carried by, LeB- like, obviously not carried, but like, it was something. And it literally, it was like, thanks to LeBron James. And somebody, I think it was SportsCenter, tweeted it, and they're like, no love in Cleveland for Kyle Kuzma tonight. And he quote retweeted, and I was like, glad to know that I and the city of Cleveland have something in common. Oh. It was like only one NBA title because of, of LeBron, LeBron or James. And nice. I was like, that's ah, a pretty pretty solid response, if I do say so myself. But as far as the Wizards go, I, I can't bank on this team being 100% for real just because I think – they're they're playing. I feel like they're playing at the highest level that they can. Right. This I, is this I, is their ceiling. This for is sure. the ceiling, and I can't. It's unrealistic to believe that a team can play at its ceiling for eighty-two games.
1: And you can't. You can't ask Montrose Harold to be your second scorer. It's you're not going to be extremely successful doing that. No. He's he's a really he's a good rotational guy. I just don't know if he's a strong number two, if you will.
0: I think. I think he should be your starting center, and I like him a lot, but how often do you succeed when your center is your second leading scorer? Right. Not outside very. of the three, you know, outside of Carl Anthony Towns, Joel Embiid, and Jokic, that doesn't exist. It doesn't Someone happen. doesn't belong on
1: that list, but that's besides the point.
0: I mean, the Timberwolves, are they losing games still?
1: Carl Anthony Towns does not deserve to be on that list of centers.
0: Listen, I get that. The the Timberwolves suck. And trust me, I don't like cat more than the next guy. I've always been a huge cat hater, to be honest with you. And they how many, what's the record? Four and nine. God, just win games, man. Just how hard just, is it? <laughs> I wanna like him. Like, individually, on the court, statistically, take all the locker room issues and the non vocalness out. Carl Anthony Towns is a once in a generation talent in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He is insanely good at basketball on the court. Now everything else is a huge question mark, but I don't know. He's and I've opened my eyes to it recently because like I like I said, I used to be a huge cat hater because I was a huge Jimmy Butler guy. Mm-hmm. I was like he's soft. He can't lead a locker room. Right. What are you doing? All these things. And I used to try to talk about like how he wasn't good on the court. And one of my buddies is like, he literally grabs 12 boards a night and shoots 40% from downtown. What are you talking about? I'm like, I started looking at the stats. I'm like, okay, maybe the whole, like, he's not good at basketball thing is an overstatement. And you could say he's not a leader and, like, he's probably not a great first option. But, like, I don't know. He's a lot better than I've ever given him credit for.
1: He's one of those guys that's probably great on a really bad team, right? So, like... No one expects the Timberwolves to be a
0: viable threat in the West, right? They sh- with their roster, they really should be. They should be, but because but Con- it's another team that I'm shocked has not had to relocate.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not as easy to probably relocate as we as fans. Want I don't know. To I feel like is. I've
0: seen so many NBA teams relocate in my time. Like I. Okay, so how many NFL teams have I seen relocate? I've since seen you've 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 been alive. I, what year were you born? Ninety-eight. So you saw. And I've probably been paying attention to the NFL probably since about ten years into my life. Probably go like okay. eight.
1: Okay, so you've seen none. Um, I've I've seen. You were alive for the expansion draft.
0: Yeah, which I was didn't really see that.
1: Jacksonville and Houston.
0: Yeah, I've seen the Chargers move to LA. Okay. I've seen the Raiders move to Vegas and I've seen the Rams move to LA. Okay. Which I feel like in the NFL it should be harder to move, but.
1: It is. It's definitely harder to move. I've you have seen, to get league approval. I I've don't know if you do in the NBA or not. But. I don't know.
0: I've seen the Bobcats move from Charlotte to New Orleans and become the Pelicans. And then. Charlotte. I don't. That, How did that work? I totally their forgot about that. Their franchises are so intertwined and I hate it and it's weird. But, I don't know. Because I've seen, like, the Hornets were the Bobcats before. And I thought that they relocated. But I don't know the whole history. I didn't think... They didn't. They didn't. Because Michael Jordan
1: bought the Charlotte Bobcats. And they just rebranded into the... Into the Hornets. Into the Hornets, yeah. Because Michael Jordan still owns... Is a majority owner or part owner of the, the Hornets. And he was a... Majority owner of the Bobcats They were originally
0: the Hornets They moved to the Bobcats Yes 2014 Then they went back to the Hornets Okay so Where did the Pelicans come from again? I think they've always been there
1: Because they were the Pelicans when Chris Paul played for them In like the early 2000s
0: Yeah and they were like the But they were the blue unis back then Yeah they were also During uh, Katrina They were the New Orleans slash OKC Pelicans I remember that
1: now so the teams you've seen move would be the no, Seattle Supersonics to yeah Oklahoma. Which I wasn't
0: paying attention to the NBA back then, to be honest with you.
1: That was a big
0: deal. I mean, I, I always
1: forget that KD played for Seattle, and so did Russ.
0: Russ didn't play for him, but he got drafted by him. Oh, okay. So he put the Sonics hat on, but he never wore the jersey.
1: Okay. Um, I knew it was something weird like that.
0: Yeah. It is, yeah. I don't know. So I guess that'd be the only one that I've seen move. In
1: I think correct. the NBA will. I mean, we have just completely thrown the script out the window. At and this point, it is in the what it is. We have time. Um, so. <laughs> we say we have time. We, we're. I mean, honestly, when it comes to the NBA section, we have ten minutes left. When it comes to the NBA there's section, there's no
0: mandatory talk points. I yes,
1: think I, I feel like we're going to get a little bit looser with the script. Apparently, That's fine. But I think the NBA should expand. I agree. I, I'm surprised they haven't at this point. I, two
0: the fact that Seattle does not have a team, that's another reason why I think why I'm so shocked is that Seattle, no matter how bad that team is, would be a top revenue maker no matter what. And there are teams that are floundering in other cities. Yeah, New Orleans struggles consistently. Sacramento, the fact that Sacramento, like I don't understand... But, was Sacramento a basketball hub at one point in time?
1: But, but this comes back to the Rams' argument in St. Louis. It was like, oh, we struggle to keep a good fan base here. It's like because you guys stink. Yeah. When you guys
0: were good, the fans supported you. But when, you were a Super Bowl team. You had fans. You had fans. But when you stunk, when no you're one Jeff Fisher, you. and the thing is, they never stunk. I feel like they were always eight and eight. They're right. like, we should win ten games this year, and then they win seven, and you're like, that's more disappointing than winning four.
1: They stunk Jared Goff's rookie year, hundred percent, and they stunk enough to get Jared Goff. True, sure, true, sure, true. Sure. So but you know what I mean? It's like Yeah, it's no wonder the Pelicans struggle to be relevant is because they stink. Minnesota struggles as a franchise
0: because they stink. The thing the thing that's so frustrating with New Orleans is that they've had talent. Anthony Davis was there. Right. Who was a like extremely underrated because he played in New Orleans. They're like He's never on national. They have five national television games, and they all just get dubbed by twenty. They've had Zion Williamson now. The even Timberwolves have never been
1: good. Even the team before, even that the team with Zion's rookie year, you had JJ Redick, who was just a role player at that point, but you had Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Brandon Ingram, who both have been ballers to this point. I mean, they've always
0: underperformed. Josh Hart, Zion Williamson. Like, even when they had, like I said, they're, the peak history of the Pelicans that I can remember is Drew Holiday, Anthony Davis, and DeMarcus Cousins sweeping the three-seed Blazers as a six-seed and then getting swept in the second round.
1: I do remember Chris Paul going on some good runs when he was there.
0: Um, did, they didn't. They never made it past the second round right. when he was there. But, right?
1: I mean, either way, making it that far in the NBA is pretty relevant.
0: Agreed. Agreed. But, and With, again, Minnesota... Kevin Garnett, and now yeah. as talented as the roster has been, has never been to the NBA Finals before, as far as I know. I could be wrong. I'm not an NBA historian the way that I am an NFL historian at all. Mm-hmm. But another team that's wildly underperformed in Sacramento. Another team wildly underperformed Stephon ever since Marbury
1: didn't really work in Minnesota, and that was that was that could have been a really good team. Yeah.
0: So it's just the it, it, that's the thing that shocks me is like how hungry Seattle has been for. It's a big market. Obviously a big basketball market. That team still sells Supersonics jerseys to this day. Do they? team has not been there for years. I didn't know that. And, like, there's, like, I don't know. That's why I think so much about that.
1: I think think you should. I mean, I'm not a big fan of taking sports teams away from cities. Um, I'm a bigger fan of adding. So I think Kansas City would be a prime location. I think Seattle should
0: get one. Um, those are the two destinations. I think so. If the expansion draft happens tomorrow, those are the two teams. If
1: the NBA was smart, they would go into 2K and whatever the most customized teams are, is just put those teams. Yeah, give okay. give I'll give all of those teams
0: NBA franchise. 100%. Seattle. If there is another NBA franchise, whether it's an expansion or somebody moves, and it does not land in Seattle, Washington, I think. Seattle will riot, and I think most of the league will riot as well. I think Vegas
1: obviously. could be a fun spot for a pro NBA team
0: too. It wouldn't be bad. I mean, obviously they're expanding their market in general. they would never had a pro team, and all of a sudden they have two major sports teams. They have within football and years. hockey, yeah. And the Golden Knights went from an expand. They were a playoff team. They like I, they want to Stanley Cup. I was like, I'm not a huge hockey guy, but that story caught my attention. I was I think like, they won the ex- Stanley Cup, right? They made it at least. I know that. Wow. Like, the fact that an expansion team makes it in two years is insanity. Well, it's crazy Absolutely you nuts. say that
1: because both the Jaguars made an AFC championship, like, two years after the expansion draft. Did they really? Yeah, with Mark Brunel. I didn't know that. See, I also, and like... And the Houston Oilers did, too. Well, I think, yeah, they were the Houston Oilers when they were in the expansion draft. And I think they were damn close or close to it, something like that. The
0: thing that I never realized was, like... I forgot that that expansion draft obviously happened, like, in my lifetime. And that there was a point in time where I was alive and the Seahawks were in the AFC.
1: Yeah.
0: And there was, like, three teams in the AFC North. Like, it's so weird because ever since I've started watching football that it's always been the same. Same. There's never been really any moves. All right. So. We got five
1: minutes left. We're going to do, we're going to have, like, a question of the day. So it's going to kind of be like a what-if one. Um, do you want to do the one we had planned or the one we didn't have planned? I
0: don't even remember what the one we didn't have planned was, to be honest with you. Ah, uh, we'll just do that one because you okay. don't remember what it was, but I, I think know. it's a good
1: one. If you could start your NBA team okay, with no, any right. player at their current age, current injuries, everything, who would you start it with right
0: now? Alex Cruz. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> he's got to throw something. Um, it's very tough. There's so a lot of good young talent in this league. And there's even, like, the thing is, is that I did don't If you think- say
1: Trey Young, I'll never do another podcast <laughs>
0: <you>? <laughs> it's I mean, he definitely should be on the list. He's on the lower end of the list, but I think he should be on the list. He's good and young, so no pun intended. Um, the thing is, is that, like, a lot of people are like, Luca, Trey Young, Devin mm-hmm. Booker, Jason Tatum. You would not be insane to pick Giannis on this list because he is literally twenty six years old.
1: Yeah, Giannis. That's is,
0: insane. Is not that not insane? Like, I didn't look at everything he was he's done. Young. Yeah, two time MVP, Finals MVP, NBA champ. He's played like eight years in the league. He is twenty six years old. Tatum's twenty five, isn't he? Tatum's close to that. He shouldn't be that old because I thought he was the one and done out of Duke, wasn't he?
1: Oh, well, maybe, maybe he's not that old. Maybe I'm aging Tatum more. But I thought I, Tatum was around there, 24, 25. 26.
0: He, he might be, but I didn't think he was that old yet. Let's look. I probably should have typed age, but he's 23. He's 23? He's born the same year I was. Wow. March 3rd, 1998. He's younger than I thought he was. Isn't that – that's such a weird point for me now to be in where there's guys being drafted in the NBA that are younger than I am. Oh, yeah, 100%. I'm just now hitting that window oh. of that happening. been that way for a long time for me. I was like, yeah, you're a little two, bit older I mean, two I years. But... Two, three years. But it's, it's just so weird because, like – and also like playing video games like you know doing a Madden franchise and I'm like 31 he's ancient and right. I talked to my dad about it and I'm like that guy is like 20 years younger than I am you know that right and I'm like that's weird to think about like, that's crazy I'm like I'm like 35 is so old and my dad's like 35 is not even halfway through dude like yeah <laughs> sports really like warps your mind if you think about it that much so I know my answer to this what is it Ja Morant
1: really with yeah without question I think mine be Jason Tatum you would go, Jason. Jason I Tatum. I, I would say the th- the three people in consideration were Ja, Jason Tatum, and Luca. Were the three that I looked at. But I just every time I imagine Ja in the blue and gold, you know, or the blue and orange. Oh man, wearing a Knicks jersey, every time he hits a three, bing bong in the garden.
0: Listen, I have.
1: <sighs> I think it would be. I think he is just such a magnificent player and such an exciting one that I would enjoy it.
0: The more we talk about it the more I love. Like I told you this was going to happen and that the more that we talked about the Knicks in New York City the more my heart would grow back to that team again and it's happening. Like yeah. every time we say Bing Bong I'm like god I fucking miss New York. I still got my I still got my New York hoodie. It's in it's in you? my closet. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean I hate that I love the Knicks to be honest with you. I don't know. I hated it
0: for a long time.
1: I have, like NBA I feel like is the only sport where it's appropriate to have multiple teams jerseys Like, it's okay to be a fan of, like, players in the NBA.
0: Yeah, because, well, players move around so much more, And
1: people call, like, people bandwagon fans because they're like, oh, like, all these bandwagon You just follow LeBron.
0: Yeah. The thing is... I have no problem with that. My whole standpoint has always been, like, if you can admit to me that you're like, I love LeBron James and I'm going to follow him, he could go go to Minnesota. I will be a Minnesota Timberwolves fan because I love LeBron James. I have never had an issue with that. It's the guys that, like, when he went from Cleveland to Miami, they're like... I've been a Heat fan for six years. That's I'm like I can't fucking. Well, stand right, you.
1: you always deal with that. Yeah,
0: there's but... always those guys. Those are the bandwagon fans. If you're like I love LeBron James and I will follow him anywhere he goes, I don't consider you a bandwagon. fan. Yeah, I don't ever you're a have fan a of, a of that player. That. Yeah, yeah.
1: I and and that's how I felt about the NBA. Is like I followed Jason Kidd around for a lot of his career, which is such a weird player. To it follow is a around. very
0: niche community there. But as like yeah. a
1: kid, like I always wanted to be a point guard. So I was. I think I was. I don't know. I was like five six in the seventh grade, mm. so I was tall.
0: Yeah, I was. I think I hit like five six or five seven, even back in like fifth or sixth grade. But then the, the issue is, I never grow. I never grow a single inch. So when I
1: played AAU ball and modified ball, I was always the five. Like I would always play center or four. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then the problem is, is like my freshman year, I was still five nine. And now there's, like, kids that are, you know, 5'10", 5'11", playing. So now I'm at a slight disadvantage. Yeah. Well, by my sophomore year, there's fucking kids that are, like, 6'3", 6'4". Yeah, you're playing in New York. This is
0: not Yeah. – don't get it twisted. He's not playing in Kansas where where I used to – which I never played on a basketball team in high school or anything. But, like, you're playing in New York City. So Let's, by
1: so by my freshman year, I wasn't able to make the JV team because I only knew how to play. I never learned how to dribble or shoot because I yeah. only played center. Coming up in third, fourth, fifth, sixth. That's grade. the
0: one thing that I always hate. Which it's impossible to predict if a kid's going to keep growing or whether he's going to stop or not. Like, well,
1: I have some cousins that are like six two, six three. Shout out Nate. Kid was a sharpshooter. Kid yeah. was kid was a baller. Which,
0: like, kid six three again? That's. I wouldn't say it's undersized for the NBA. It's close. Like, you're underneath. Like, one is undersized for yeah. the NBA at this point. I think 6'2 is kind of the baseline. Yeah. So, like, and so, like, so that gives a 6'3. Like, you are a point guard. You're an undersized shooting guard. Shooting guard. And he right. probably played posts. Well, no he reason. played.
1: I think he played like, small 40 shot a lot, but. Maybe he's not six three. Maybe he's like 6'2". 6'3". I think he from was... now
0: on, I think coaches, if you coach underneath the high school level, teach everyone how to be a guard. Oh yeah, because what to. what big puts their back to the basket anyways? I don't need to learn all that junk.
1: Yeah,
0: teach them all how to be guards, and then when that kid gets to college, if he's seven foot, wow, he's a seven footer with guard skills. And if he doesn't grow to seven foot, he sits at six five. You're like, wow, he's really good at guard skills because he learned guard skills <laughs> growing, well. growing up. Growing yeah. up,
1: yeah. I mean, yeah, it can't hurt. Like, I mean, look at. Brooke and Robin Lopez have saved their career because they developed three-point shots. Yeah, Brooke
0: Lopez was on his way out of the league, made eight, eight three-pointers his entire career. The next year, he made 200. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he is a a pivotal piece in the Bucks winning a title last year. Even the Ball brothers have all
1: kind of developed shots. You know what I mean? So, Lamelo was kind of a better shooter, I think,
0: to begin with than... On draft night, there was Sony that was like, three-point shot needs a lot of work. It's not a great three-point shooter. I'm like, you're high. Mm-hmm. I've seen this kid hit half-court shots since he was in high school. The shot selection is horrible. The IQ is bad. Right. The percentage is bad, but the talent is 100% there. I was like, just because he shoots a bad percentage doesn't mean he can't shoot. It just means he's taking a lot of shots he shouldn't be taking.
1: Yeah. There's so, a
0: very, very large difference there. So The whole point of this was is after that, like I
1: was just like, wow, there's a white point guard in the NBA. That's kind of cool. And then I just followed him around his entire career. Yeah. So I had every I had every Jason Kidd jersey. I had a thirty-two Phoenix, I had a five Dallas, I had a two Dallas, I had a five New Jersey, I had a five, five Knicks jersey. Five Knicks, yeah. I I've still always have, been a big have, mellow guy. I have my two I have my two Dallas jersey. I did have a mellow jersey. I don't know what happened to it though.
0: I have a couple like DH Gate like mellow jerseys. Mm-hmm that have never been, like, they're just, like, random swingman concept New York light jerseys. I'll show them to you after we're, we're done. But Melo got me into basketball. So mm-hmm. he will always be king top of the list. Melo's me. my king. I mean, I watched, I mean. Being a Syracuse and a Knicks fan, I think he that's he he has, has to, to be. be yeah. yeah.
1: he He's one of my favorite players of all time. I mean, I had a Melo, like, of course, back then they didn't have, like, syracuse jerseys you could buy the syracuse with like
0: syracuse 15 with no 15. name on it exactly yeah. so I,
1: I had a syracuse 15 jersey for a long time and i had a 44 jersey too but that's a syracuse thing 44, 44 is so for football jim brown and mm. ernie davis wore it so it's retired there's a big push for sean tucker to wear it and then in basketball um derrick coleman Wore it as well. It's
0: a familiar name.
1: Yeah, he's an NBA Hall of Famer. He's familiar, a basketball Hall of Famer. Familiar
0: so. enough for me to know
1: that. So. I believe Jarek Coleman wore it. I think I think I'm not mixing that up. But besides the point,
0: we'll go with it. Sounds good to me. But so, who are you locking it? We're already over. Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum. I'm taking JT. Lamelo is an interesting pick. To be 100 percent honest with you, I think he's very good as well. I don't mind the jaw pick. Luke is definitely in that conversation.
1: I think, yeah. People are going to call me crazy for passing up, but, I mean, Jaw is just such an exciting player, and he's capable of so Shea much. love
0: it. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. You're going to get the W Man's tweet if he listens to the whole show this yep. week. Definitely. But, I don't know.
1: Give us your feedback. Tell us if you like this last 35 minutes just being scrambled NBA talk. But-
0: well, I think what the NBA is going to be is a lot more like Discussion-based. Conversational. Redraft this draft. Which draft is the best of all time? Who would you rather have all that junk? I'm all for it. So, that's episode 10 of the Owen Show. Week 11 coming up this week in the NFL. Obviously, more NBA to come. Will the Warriors stay hot? Will the Wizards and Bulls hold their one and two seeds in the East? Only time shall tell. So, from Owen Burke and Tim Hunt, bing bong, bing bong. Bing bong. Stay healthy. Stay safe. We'll see you guys next week.